This summer, 13 sexy teens will enter Camp Crystal Lake, but only zero will survive! It's Friday the 13th, coming to a theater near you. It got happy at the end. It's a beach movie. <laughs> And if you're listening to the Movies for Win podcast on the day of release, it is Friday the 13th, and this is Movies for Win. It's Friday the 13th. And I mean, you got to get down on Friday the 13th. The 13th. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. 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 Oh, baby. It's Friday the 13th. My Yesterday favorite was holiday. Thursday. <laughs> And tomorrow's Saturday the 14th, which I understand is an okay What comes spoof. afterwards? <laughs> fun, 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 fun. No, I was trying to do a, like, slash, 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 slash. This intro sucks. This intro sucks. <laughs> sorry about the sucky intro, everyone. Yeah, we're sorry. We love you. Should we try again? No. All right. <laughs> it's staying in. We do not edit ourselves this one i believe greg what is your relationship with the friday the 13th franchise uh limited Ooh, how limited Very, extremely um for a couple of these movies it was my first time seeing them hmm. um yeah i i've said it before i grew up in a pretty sheltered home you know we didn't watch a lot of horror movies and certainly not slasher films mm. So I didn't really watch them growing up, which is probably fine. Definitely good. Um, but as my friendship with Denny has grown, I have grown to appreciate slasher movies, horror movies, and specifically this franchise. So I've seen a lot more of them. Oh, baby. And now I think this series freaking rocks. Yeah! You're on board? Even when it's bad, it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's always fun, and that's what I'll say about it. Above other fra frasher franchises, slasher franchises, frasher franchises is that baby. I think like you can look at Nightmare on Elm Street, and I think it has some higher highs than Friday the Thirteenth has, but man, it has some lower lows. Like there are some straight up boring installments in most slasher franchises, and I cannot say that about Friday the Thirteenth. Even mm -hmm. when it is really bad, it is still really, really fun. It's been remade, rebooted. Sold to another studio. Over-sequeled, over <laughs> oversaturated, whatever. 
and now it's an IP hell, and it's the producer ah, and writer are chasing. fighting over it in court, and LeBron James wants to produce the next one but can't. <laughs> Jason goes IP to IP hell. hell. <laughs> um, that was like that was like nine, right? Jason goes. To Jason IP goes hell. to hell was part nine. IP yeah. hell, yes. Yeah. Well, he really went to IP heaven in that because that's when we saw the debut of Freddy Krueger because New Line oh, owned it yeah. then. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. One man sometimes you have to go through hell to get to heaven. You know? I saw that on a on a on a meme somewhere or a magnet. <laughs> <laughs> or like a clipping from the newspaper that my grandma put on the fridge. <laughs> yeah, it was it sounds like a far side comic for sure. Yeah. Um <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh yeah, today we're doing uh Friday the thirteenth part one. Let me quickly double check the titles of these because they don't make sense. I know them. Friday, Friday the Thirteenth, Part Four, the final chapter. It wasn't. <laughs> in my notes, I have it's like the Final Fantasy games. You know, it's not the final. Right, right. Fantasy, and as selected by you, the viewers, the audience, the listeners. Friday the Thirteenth, Part Five, A New Beginning. Good job, audience. Whee! You certainly picked. Uh, one of the remaining movies. <laughs> <laughs> they picked right. I really think it was the right one for this time since we were going, we were sticking with some earlier ones. And I, I mm -hmm. man, five is one of my favorites. I mean, let me just say, if you haven't figured it out by now, Friday the 13th is my favorite movie franchise ever. Um, Jason Voorhees is my guy. I love everything about this franchise, warts and all. It is so bad at some points, but it's never not fun. And to paraphrase uh, the TNT champion Miro, there's only two things that motivate me in this life. My smoking, wad, my smoking hot wife and Jason Voorhees' knife. <laughs> I should watch more wrestling is what I'm gaining. You really podcast. should. Do you want to know what he really said? The actual quote? It's like sure. my favorite I thought, quote. I thought... I thought it was real. <laughs> no, the the actual quote's even better. He said, "There's only two things that motivate me in this life: a vengeful God and a double jointed wife." <laughs> okay, it's my new favorite quote ever. <laughs> Everybody, check in on the Redeemer Miro, God's favorite champion. He rules. That's right. AEW Wrestling Wednesdays on TNT. Official sponsor they're not, of they're movies not for paying win. us. No, 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 no. They're not. Stop it, <laughs> Cody Rhodes. But they reach could out. be. Respond to my emails, Cody. <laughs> they can be. <laughs> I won't interrupt any next time. All right, let's talk about part one. We had to start from the beginning. We're doing this episode in chronological order mm -hmm. of the movies that we picked, so that leaves us with part one. You chose this start. one. I did pick this one. I wanted to go with the original. Mm -hmm. uh, it just feels. Our first Friday the 13th episode, teaser, <laughs> we had to pick the first Friday the 13th movie. It only makes sense. Uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. It's, it's the classic. I mean, yeah. where to start, man? I mean, this is honestly like, I basically like always make people watch this one when they want to see a Friday the 13th movie even though it's definitely not what they're thinking of when they say they want to watch a Friday the 13th movie because it doesn't have yeah. the hockey mask at all. Um, it's it's just not what people are expecting. But I'm like, you need to see this 
because it's the only one that is good as a standalone movie in the entire franchise. The yes. rest of it is like the good ones that are in the rest of it, they're good for a slasher. This one is the only one that's like a hey, this is like a good movie for the sake of being a good movie. Would you agree? Yeah. No? I don't know. Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah. I, I think you're right. No. Could I, I thought you had more. That's why I was silent. <laughs> oh, no. Could I, could I hit you with some history of how this got made? Because I think the story is amazing. I think we need some. Oh, before, before you do, though, I got to say, the the first time I saw this, I was totally... It was, you know, way later. So I, I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. And I, ex- I fully expected some Jason, some hockey mask. And, yeah, uh, spoilers, you really don't get that. Nope. It does have my favorite Jason moment, though, of him at the end just <laughs> jumping out of the lake. Oh, man, that was so cool. Well, and that's that's what I love so much about it is you're expecting the hockey mask. And so it's it's really the only movie I can think of ever like this where because of your knowledge of the franchise, not when you're watching it in theaters in 19, what, 78? I think it was 78. Not when you're watching it in theaters. Sure. No, wait, this is 80. This is 80. In 1980. um, You're not viewing it this way, but because you're expecting Jason to be the killer and you're expecting to see the hockey mask, Mm -hmm. the reveal that it is Pamela actually works as a twist because of what people think of retroactively when they think of the franchise. Cheers to you, Greg. Cheers. Some got on my mouse pad. Um, do you want to do a synopsis before I do history, or should I do history first? Uh, yeah, brief synopsis, I guess. Um, oh, shoot, I wasn't prepared. <sighs> Basically, Camp Crystal Lake. It is rumored and storied by the local townsfolk as being a cursed place, a place of death, a summer camp where two kids were killed in the 50s. Uh, that's one of our opening scenes. Uh, basically, a child, Jason Voorhees, who you've come to know and love, drowned in Camp Crystal Lake's lake, which I guess is Crystal Lake, uh, <laughs> due to the <laughs> neglect of counselors just not paying attention to him. He drowned in the lake, and he is wreaking havoc on anybody that dares step foot in and around the campground. Or is he? Or is he? I mean, we'll... We'll get into that. We already kind of said it, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, this is how this movie got made. It's an amazing story. Did they get film stock and put it in cameras and use microphones? Yes, and the actors are actually people pretending that this stuff is really happening. They didn't really die? No, no, Greg. Is that why I keep seeing Kevin Bacon in movies? That's what's so cool about it. They didn't really have to die, and... What they do when they make a movie... I'm stealing a bit from Extras by Ricky Gervais. I'm, I'm stealing a bit from 30 Rock. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're both stealing I, bits. I finally understand the end of Sixth Sense. All those names were people that helped make the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that bit. Well, it's really fitting that we stole a bit because basically what happened and what I love about this franchise yes, is the people who made it. Sean S. Cunningham uh, his writing partner were like Halloween was really successful we should rip it off 
<laughs> like they're very open that this was just like them baselessly <laughs> ripping off something else that worked and trying to make money and they were like I've got the perfect title Friday the 13th and they were like oh my god that's going to be great so with no product and no ideas they put an ad in the paper saying seeking financing for the film Friday the 13th and it totally worked and they got a bunch of calls and then they had to actually make the movie <laughs> because that title was just so money that studios were like oh these guys have something this is good this is gonna work so they were basically like we have to rip off halloween and then people praised them for that scene you just said uh jason coming out of the out of the lake at the end mm-hmm. and they even didn't take credit they were like it was the closest we could come to ripping off Carrie without getting sued. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just helps me. I've obviously done, I've watched the Crystal Lake Memories documentary. It's like a five hour documentary doing a deep dive into all the Friday the 13th Ooh. movies. Um, it's really good. Corey Feldman narrated it. It's it's great. Um, I'd watch that, yeah. I, I watched it not in one sitting. It was like a... I'm cooking, I'm doing cardio, let's throw it back on for another 30 minutes. You know, like, it doesn't, you don't have to sit down for, like, six hours to watch it. But um, it's something that really helped me with the inherently capitalist nature of this franchise and how lowbrow it could be at times, is that they never pretended to be anything different, and that kind of excuses it. That, like, um, their producer would be, like, he would get a call on Saturday of opening weekend and be like, hey, the the studio would be like, we like the box office numbers. Make another one. We want it done by next year. <laughs> you need to start on Monday. <laughs> he would be like, all right. <laughs> yeah, okay. And off so, they went. Oh, man. That's so cool, though. It's so cool. Uh, that's, that's the background on Friday the 13th. Um, I also have one other cool little bit of trivia that will come in when we get to part five as well. But mm-hmm. it starts now. Um, Harry Manfredini, who did the music for this movie, has said that it is not... Uh-oh. Everyone hears it that way, and I also like kind of don't believe him, because I've listened really closely, and it's definitely... That's how we did our intro, so... Yeah, no, and that's why I didn't make a fuss, but he is Sorry, dude. ...that what he said into the microphone was... Key, 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 ma, 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 for... Kima. No, for kill, mommy. It's Jason telling Pamela to kill, and you're Ooh. hearing, and that's you're hearing it in her head when the music plays. And she also says, like, she has a line where she's like, "Kill her, mommy. Kill her, mommy." He was trying to imply that he- we're hearing her inner monologue in that. Unfortunately, it didn't work, and definitely sounds. I've listened. Like, I've listened for it, trying to hear "ki ki ki ma ma ma," and it's definitely ch 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 ah ah ah. So yeah. whatever, Harry Manfredini. It's it's like the. I think you're not alone in that, and I think everybody feels that way. Everybody sees the blue and black dress, and he's saying no, it's white and gold, and nobody yeah. believes him. <laughs> Except he's the guy who made it. I res- <laughs> <laughs> he's He's the dress designer. <laughs> Greg, what do you think of the opening scene? Uh, with the oh oh ooh, 
I was about to ask, now what happened again? And then I remembered it was basically every single TikTok on Earth with the caption, white people in horror movies. <laughs> Just played on on screen. I got a good, I got a good laugh out of it. Yeah. I loved, uh, I loved the contrast right off the bat of they're singing hymns and making bedroom eyes at each other. And then they like <laughs> leave the hymns to go fuck. And then... Uh, oh man and then they just get right to the point of the knife get it get it to the point but it's, oh stab it's something i've bitched about before of like there's so many freddy krueger movies where it's like it's called like nightmare on elm street 4 and they spend like the whole first two acts being like could freddy be back is it possible and it's like Bitch, we saw it on the poster. Uh, like, Freddy's He's... back. We know Freddy is in this movie. What is this? Like, they get right... And, like, there's kills in the trailer for this. Like, they get right down to, like, all right, this is a camp where people get murdered, and it, it's bad. It's a scary Dude. place. One of the funny parts of that intro scene, though, is the POV shot of <laughs> Jason climbing up the stairs. It's not Jason. Or, yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. It's Pamela. I take it back. Pamela Vore. Wait, how about the killer? The killer. The killer. All right, Pam. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. POV shot of the killer. No, no, no. It, you said it was Pam, and I just it. It's. Did I kill your point. vibe? I didn't yep. mean to kill your vibe. No, you corrected my vibe. Oh, this is a whole matrixes, matrices situation. Consider all over my vibe checked. Okay, I didn't mean to check your vibe. But someone was going to check our vibe if we didn't check is, ourselves. Is that what the kids say? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, let me rebound by saying Alice looks like Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah, Alice is, uh, you know, for being the final girl, I really felt like I could have used more time with her. Yeah, I get that. She wasn't, like, singled out as someone that, like, we were supposed to specifically relate to. She was just kind of one of the ensemble cast, and then they just kind of whittled it down to her. I really, like, it would have meant more if we had some sort of special connection to her, but then it might have also showed their hand, I guess. So, I don't know what the right call yeah. was. Just one I of my few critiques. A lot of the, well, the rest of the movies that we watched tonight kind of do the same thing, where it's following in the ensemble cast, and then... We spend, you know, three or four minutes alone with one of the characters or two of the characters and one's dead, then the other's dead. And then we go to the next group, the next person, the next pair, whatever. Mm -hmm. Rinse, repeat. There's your sequel. Yeah. So it's it's not surprising we didn't get a lot of time with her in the beginning mm -hmm. because that's kind of how this franchise plays out. Sure, sure. Pacing wise. And it's fine. I kind of like not knowing who the survivor is going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of nice. Um, Adrian King is the name of the actress who plays Alice. Do you know what happened to her? Uh, she led a very happy life. Dude, I mean, maybe she did. But in after Friday the 13th 2, she got stalked. Mm -hmm. And she left Hollywood over it. Because it was so traumatizing. Jeez, I didn't know that. Yeah, bums me out, you know? She was pretty cool. I was, like, looking at, into it and being like, 
why didn't she have like a Jamie Lee Curtis career? You know, like she is this is this a third or fourth female actress that we've talked about on the show that just like quits Hollywood after whatever movie we talk about? I mean, <laughs> or pretty soon after. Yeah, and I don't think that's a coincidence. I think I it's, think it's it's a symptom of a bigger issue. <laughs> it's you pick three movies out of a hat, and unfortunately, there's probably at least one of them where an actress was victimized and lost her career. It's pretty rough. That's right. It's going to come up at least once an episode, I think. It's, and that's it's almost like they're people and not objects. What? That's what? not. That's not what eighty slashers taught me. That's right. <laughs> they are breast bearers to be stabbed yeah it's <laughs> cool exploitative nudity that we all love to see i guess i guess man this got kind of heavy hey you want to get positive boy do i okay hold on <laughs> the first, <laughs> the first on. note i looked at I'll, I'll go on that note of uh <laughs> this was uh, so like this was kind of my thought on like the the final girl trope um mm-hmm. Something I like about this movie and about Halloween, which are like the sources of it, uh, you know, and it's like it's a really problematic trope of like everyone did drugs and have sex, but she was special and pure and she didn't do it and she lived through it. Mm-hmm. They didn't really play that up with Alice in this movie and they didn't no. really with Laurie Strode like Alice didn't strip and strip Monopoly. That was really like her only time for debauchery. But it's also like she didn't turn it down. You know, like it's just strip monopoly, which, by the way, horrible idea. That would take so long you could never possibly be aroused by nudity. (laughs) You'd be completely desensitized to whatever you saw. You got to start with the properties. Actually, if you want to get into into edging, I would recommend strip monopoly. Uh, (laughs) That's a good way to build up your edging skills. But no, but like right. they definitely did like they didn't sexualize her or show her doing drugs like the other characters, but they also didn't play up this like she's so pure thing and um this movie actually had a the Kevin Bacon sex sex scene I thought was actually kind of female centric. Um they showed a very sensual shot of Kevin Bacon's ass getting grabbed. Um and also that like one of the few like times i've seen this very realistic thing portrayed in a movie is like after sex the woman's like well i gotta go pee now (laughs) like that never that never (laughs) happens in movies um i almost shocked myself with noticing that i thought this passed the bechdel test because we have uh pam oh did i steal it did i steal your note keep going keep going keep going well my thought was that Pamela and Alice spend a lot of time talking to each other, but then I was like, well, they only talk about Jason or they're grunting. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's my uh my note was do multiple murder attempts pass the Bechdel test. Oh shit. Did they talk? <laughs> I mean oh, they spoke. They have to speak. I guess you could you could make the argument that murdering someone is <laughs> Based a form on the of Jurassic communicating. Park TikTok. <laughs> It's a form oh, of communication. Shit. Oh, and the 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 cook girl, she hasn't like an extended attempted conversation with Pamela in the jeep. Pamela doesn't really respond, but she tries. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, yeah. All right, all you all you analysts out there, I'm not sticking to this claim that it passes the Bechdel test. It's probably in many forms <laughs> loose fit. Ebert and Roper called it a soldier in the war on women. <laughs> do you know? Ooh. Did you know they did that? 
No. They hated this movie so much that they spoiled the ending so people wouldn't go see it, and all it did was drive up interest. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. I have so much to say about this movie. I have so much, but I feel like I've been... I've been riffing, riffing off myself over here. Greg, I need you to riff back. I don't want to dominate uh, the air because of my excitement. I think this is the only movie in the franchise that you could really get away with doing this, but having like victim after victim where you don't see the killer mm-hmm. is actually pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Like These kids are just dying all over the campground, mm-hmm. and you're not seeing who's doing it. It's you know it just keeps happening right and i think that's awesome and it, it works on every level too because like i said before in 1980 you're not assuming you know who the killer is because there haven't been any other friday the 13th movies yeah so exactly. it's a mystery and in 2021 if you're not uh if you're not a fan of the franchise you're assuming the killer is jason and you're wrong <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. like it's it's really great like it really really works that they they do pov uh shots of just the killer's perspective in those in those scenes yeah dude i also really liked how um there's never really that audience dread of just like come on just figure it out Mm -hmm. like you should (laughs) are you that oblivious kind of thing like you were talking about kevin bacon's love making scene Mm -hmm. like they just slowly move up to the top bunk and there's a dead kid in there yeah and you're just like oh i had no idea they were there neither did the characters Mm -hmm. and they just they don't know about each other's deaths because how could they yeah and i think that drives the tension through a lot of the scenes when it's believable that they don't know what's going on for the whole time well and it's it's hard to keep your protagonist in peril and also have them be smart you know like that's that's a skill um, yeah, exactly. And and I think they used it really well in this. And I actually made a note about that that very scene you were just referencing with the body on the top bunk. Mm-hmm. Um, are you familiar with Hitchcock's bomb under the table technique? Yes. Yeah, yeah. For for listeners, it's basically Hitchcock has defended uh, 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 Vertigo in this sense of saying basically if two characters are eating breakfast and all of a sudden a bomb goes off, that's a stupid scene. But if you show the audience that there's a bomb under the table and the characters don't know there's a bomb under the table, then every single line they say while they're eating breakfast is really tense because Mm -hmm. you know they're in danger and they don't. And then when the bomb goes off, you have an actual satisfying conclusion. Them showing us uh, the jokester's body above the bed, which... Honestly, for one of the more memorable characters, I did not love that he was killed off screen, but also them showing us his body was the bomb under the table. We know that there's danger, except it wasn't a bomb under the table. It was a Pamela under a bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll uh, we'll tell Alfred all about it. (laughs) Instead of a bomb, can we put Pam under there? Man, while we're on Kevin Bacon, boy, could he wear the shit out of a pair of blue jeans. <laughs> like, god damn, this, between this and Tremors, <laughs> god damn, anyone who says they wouldn't, totally would. He's proof Everyone's of the Kinsey lying. scale. We should call it the Kevin Bacon scale. 
There's a lot of theories based around that man, and I <laughs> am a fan of all of them. Did <sighs> Did you notice that? Uh, in contrast to Halloween, that has that really cool, awesome John Carpenter John Carpenter score throughout the whole movie. They actually differentiated themselves in this. There's only music when the killer is present. Ooh. I don't think I noticed. It's pretty cool. I'll bet your brain did. Because as soon as you hear, you know the shit's on. And the movie is pretty silent as far as soundtrack goes other than those. Pretty cool. Yeah, the audio is pretty much all rain. Yeah, there's a lot of rain. We've talked there's about There's a this. lot of rain. I text those. One of the few things we try not to talk to each other about the movies while we're watching them. Yeah. Just to kind of avoid. It's hard, though. Wasted conversation. And I had to text any, like, holy shit. By part five, I'm just like, is it always raining in these movies? <laughs> Do not go to the woods while it's raining. So, Greg, let me ask you this. When did Shoot. you realize that the killer was Pamela and not Jason? Um, probably when I saw her face. Mm-hmm. Then I was a believer. Dun, 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 dun. Not a trace uh, of doubt I, in your mind? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Another monkey's yeah. <laughs> Can't stop. Sorry, go ahead. Can't stop, won't stop. No, it was, it was just... When I saw her, I was... I wasn't really, you know... The first time I saw it, I was definitely expecting Jason. Mm -hmm. Expecting the classic machete, but then I'm seeing, like... Axes and arrows from the archery range mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. I'm just like, oh, this is just kind of going differently, mm -hmm. I guess. It, it took me until I saw her. Yeah, until... And then I, I immediately understood... Yeah, like her motivation and everything mm. after like a little bit of chatter yeah yeah no i i kind of think you're supposed to know at that point side note i would actually agree with you you know what's weird jason doesn't use the machete very often ever like it's really he not does in like mortal combat well yeah no it's like his thing mm. but like he doesn't that often but that that's for later no yeah i i really like the reveal of pamela um I thought that her pulling up in the Jeep we saw earlier in the movie was a nice clue, but it had been long mm -hmm. enough that we don't remember it. I even noticed that she said, when she's talking to uh, Alice, she goes, he'll kill you too, using the pronoun he, which was like still a nice little misdirect for the audience, even though uh, we're kind of getting the picture at that point, right? Because she's got crazy behind those eyes. Yeah, exactly. It bums me out. Betsy Palmer is the actor who plays Pamela. And she, like, hated that she was in this movie. <laughs> like, she thought it was, like... Really? She thought it was lowbrow, and, like, she liked her other earlier work better, and I think she kind of resented that she was famous for this and not some of her projects she was more proud of. But, man, she killed it. Pun intended. I was going to say. She killed uh, it. She killed it. She was them. so good in this movie, man. Betsy Palmer was great. Dude, she was incredible. It was... It was definitely, like, I kind of want to see more of what she's done because of how much she put into this. Mm -hmm. Like, like you said, like, there's that crazy behind the eyes. You could, you could feel it. And then just every time she kind of, like, stared off and, like, looked away from the character, stared off into the middle distance and was like, kill her, mo kill her, mommy, kill her. Oh. It, oh, you could see her, like, going in and out of what was going on in her head. It yeah. was awesome. 
She did great. No, she was... I wish she would have done more stuff with the franchise. Like, she was so good, and she's such an integral part of it. Um, mm-hmm. Man, she's so... I just... I, I loved her. I thought she had a... She had Menace, man. We talked about Menace with Jack Sparrow and the Pirates last week. Mm-hmm. Um, she had that Menace. Like, she came across as fucking vicious. And something that um, my friend Bruce pointed out to me one time was that what makes this movie so scary is it's a completely realistic horror. Yeah. Like, there is nothing supernatural. This is something that could... Like, if a psychopath started killing people at a camp with no phones in the 80s, they could probably clean out most of the camp in a night if everyone was unsuspecting. Right. You know, like... Yes, especially when it's only, like, what, six or seven people. There's no kids at the camp yet. It's just, like... Yeah, and so, like... Wait for them to separate and then just do your thing. Yeah, you can't you can't say like oh that doesn't exist and pull yourself out of it because it does you know and like mm-hmm. I thought her violence and her viciousness really worked well I made a stupid note Friday the 13th um <laughs> Ooh. sorry for making horse noises that was terrible though. <laughs> you're good man you're good um <laughs> What did you think of Pamela's decapitation? Awesome. Yeah, I agree. I thought it looked Fucking awesome. Cool. Not cheesy at all, even though it's like no. a flying head spinning in the air, and it just looks fucking great. It is the most emotional, cheesy decapitation I've ever seen. Like, it's just like such a strike of just... Like, there's such an emotional impact and just, like, the visceral sounds of it. Mm-hmm. And just, oh, it's so cool. Yeah. It's, like, payoff and also good splash of violence. Because everyone's been getting stabbed and then there's blood. And then this is, yeah. the most, this is the most violent part of the movie. Yeah. No, and Tom Savini did all of that. Tom Savini was practical effects for this movie. Uh, what did you think of the kills? What did you think of the of the violence and the gore? Oh, we're gonna have to probably pose this question for each movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was really really good for the time. Mm-hmm. Um, these actors are good at acting stabbed. If I can give some praise there, uh, <laughs> I thought the, the effects were really great. I thought I thought they did a really good job with it, and you know it's easier to do it now with modern tech but you know you watch other movies including sequels to this movie and you're like man this one uh they did a lot of things right here oh absolutely i mean like i'm a tom savini stan i think he's fantastic um did you know they actually did it too well and basically you may notice that there's a lot less gore in the future movies um the mpaa (laughs) got a lot of flack for how much they let slide in this movie <laughs> and they like really were like all right friday the 13th never again right. <laughs> basically like we're like really really harsh on uh, on all the rest of the friday the 13th movies specifically so like a lot of future kills got left on the cutting room floor and i think as we get in the future nice. we'll see, you know like you see a whole lot of like someone like grips their stomach off screen and we hear a stabbing sound and you you know like or like yeah you see a bloody 
machete fly up in the air, you know, like in blood flinging. But like this, you saw like. <laughs> oh, that's through his neck. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me ask you this, Greg. Mm-hmm. It's a theory. I love your theories. So if horror rep, it's not. This isn't my theory, but this is the oh, theory I know. I love the theories you tell me. Thank you. Um, if horror works because it represents a communal cultural anxiety of the time, a lot of people think that uh, Jason represents Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher cracking down on the free love of the '60s and the '70s. Because, like, why would this be so popular if, like, with teenagers, if Jason is essentially a manifestation of conservative values, right? He kills everyone who does drugs and have sex. <laughs> right? Like, what's that about? And why do people like it? And a theory on it is that it reflected in the 80s and just in slashers in general, this was a reaction to the fear of Reagan, Thatcher, and people like them doubling down on control over free love and free marijuana use oh no <laughs> thoughts feelings uh i wasn't alive at the time so i don't really damn i don't know <laughs> yeah me neither but i think it checks out <laughs> <laughs> good enough for me so i've said most of what i need to say i don't know about you where are you at uh i guess just a couple things um this is like a master class of editing. Yeah. I just thought it was so well paced and every cut, uh, there you go. Every cut was felt necessary. The sound design of it was incredible. Not just like for the murders, but just like you were saying with the soundtrack getting out of the way, unless the killer is in the room, like the sound of like a light, uh, light fixture like swinging in a dark room yeah, was great yeah. and just like it didn't feel too 1980 in terms of editing it's not like a hard a lot of hard cuts mm -hmm. with dialogue everything feels really like it flows really well together which for 1980 a lot of the movies like we've watched every which way but loose <laughs> that's 70 <laughs> 70 something late 70s yeah still same same eras. Late seventies and early eighties are the same thing. We all know this. From our perspective, it's it's pretty similar time time periods, and it's just I think it just does it better than a lot of movies at the time. Hundred uh, percent. I think it also has one of the best ending scenes. Oh, what are your thoughts on the ending? Love the ending scene because it ended with. First of all, I love that they misdirected your sightline. She's laying in the canoe, right? Um, mm -hmm. And her hand is in the water in front of her, which makes me nervous. I fear things in the water. And so I'm like, dude, Ooh, you don't too. know. You don't. Oh, really? I didn't know that about you. Look at us. Wow. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. So her hand is in the water in front of her. And that's like, oh, my God, what are you doing? And then Jason comes up behind her, which is just that scene haunted me when I was a kid. Like that, like yeah. I, I did watch slashers as a kid. That was Very the cool. scene that really fucked with me. Um, Cause I totally bought the false finish that it was all over. And then uh, when they're in the hospital, it's really great because 
before they shat on their own cannon immediately in part two, which we can get into if it's necessary, but um, it, <laughs> we'll save it for a future episode. We'll save it for a future episode. Um, they it really leaves you with this: was it a dream or did it really happen? It leaves you with yeah. both of those things are plausible, and that is really great. I thought it was just top notch stuff. It's one of my least favorite things in horror to say it was a dream and it didn't really happen. Yeah. But kind of leaving some of that ambiguity, I guess, yeah. sort of, but not really. <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we skipped the right movies for you, Greg, because that was a hallmark of the franchise until part four. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think I've seen parts two and three, but it's been so long. You know, they're all right. I just I don't remember them. They're not my favorite ones, and. It's it's That's fine because <laughs> I'll tell you why it's fine when we talk about part four. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> you know, I am disappointed in us because we have talked about this movie for a while now and not even mentioned Crazy Ralph. Oh my god, dude. Just hanging out on his old bicycle. One of the OG Harbingers. Yeah. You're all doomed! You're doomed if you stay. <laughs> He's the man. He's one of the best characters. Ugh, I like his bike. He's got a good bike. He's got a good bike. And he's just like, well... He, he is... I, I like him. He's risking his neck to go down to the lake and offer a fair warning. Yep. And he's just like, alright, I gotta get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, smart man. Smart, smart guy. guy. He's a smart, smart or guy. crazy. Do, so do, smart he appears do, crazy. Do, 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 do. Smart guy. I don't know the song that Taj Maori from his show Smart Guy, Disney Channel original series. Sure. He was a he was a he was a tween that went to high school cuz he was so smart. Like Doogie Hauser? Oh fuck. That's really the Friday the 13th to Doogie Hauser's Halloween, wouldn't you say? <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Everything's derivative. So, Greg, I've got to ask you... Even Disney Channel original series. <laughs> Homer covered all the basic stories and someone before him that we don't know about probably did it sooner. Suck it up! <laughs> <laughs> um, Greg, I want to introduce a new gimmick after I ask you your favorite line. Oh, are we are we testing gimmicks? Uh, it's it's a it's a limited run gimmick, a uh, one episode only. Until the next one. Until the next shoot. one. Hold on, tell me your favorite line first. My favorite line is kind of that first reveal of Pamela's motivation, where she hears Jason's voice, or she's it's it appears to be a flashback mm -hmm. of Jason saying, "Help me, mom, help me," mm. and Pamela says, "I am Jason." I am, Oof. but like, ooh, it's not part of the flashback. It's now. <sighs> so it's so good. Money. I am Jason. I am. I, my my favorite line is also a Pamela line, but I'm gonna give an honorable mention to the cops saying, "Colombian gold, man. Grass, hash, the weed. Dig it." <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious, but there's some '80s shit in these movies. Oh yeah. <laughs> my uh, my favorite line was Pamela saying. You see, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. Because I think it's so cool how late they got in the movie without establishing the backstory. 
That's yes. just super rare and super cool. And the way that uh, Betsy Palmer delivered it was just so like uh, on the edge of hokey without going over it. So it seemed really chilling. I mm-hmm. loved it. Can I introduce the new gimmick? She's the limit. Best. What's the gimmick, buddy? Limited run. Limited run. Get it while it's hot. What's your favorite kill? Yes, this is great. Yeah. Oh, this is a great gimmick. Um, I'm tempted to say, like, in all of these movies, well, I guess the the first two we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. the when the most famous actor in the movie dies. Mm-hmm. That's tough, though. I'm going to have to say Pamela's. Nice. I thought you might, and it's one of the best. I am going to say when the when the most famous actor in the movie dies, it's actually one of my favorites in the entire series is Kevin Bacon's kill when they run like what is it like an arrow or a harpoon through his it's neck? It's an arrow. Yeah. yeah. Um I'll say this, when I was looking for it and anticipating it, I could kind of see that there's a cast of his neck, right? Yeah. When it was coming out of nowhere, I was like, "Holy fuck, that's gruesome." And even when I was anticipating it and wanted to see how they did it, it was only it's like still... a little bit of a like I can see I can see the strings to Pinocchio, you know, like it yeah. was it was really well done. Like I was even That's... watching, it's like, dude, his Adam's apple is moving. Like they blended it really, really well and got real fucking close and i'm sure the poor dude was like bent in half under a bunk bed (laughs) like Like they they did a really good job with that one it's one of my favorite kills in the entire series dude one of the yeah like it's like i want to say it's the best kill because it's the most famous actor but it was also one of the best ones in the movie Mm -hmm. just because of like how well it was done and usually like a like being able to see the strings like you were saying mm-hmm. like even a little bit kind of ruins or sours the moment you're just like oh it's just kind of that but yeah. that was not the case yep. for that even looking for them I, I don't know how many times i've seen this movie but it's a lot even looking for them i could like barely see them and you wouldn't be looking for them if you hadn't already seen it you know like mm-hmm. it's so yeah. good you <laughs> wouldn't be expecting that which is uh you know all that matters yep What's uh what's your critic score? Uh critic score is a twenty nine out of forty, which is a seven and a quarter. Not too bad. Out of ten. Honestly a little lower than I expected for how high on it you were. Yeah. I don't think well, you offered any critiques. I didn't have a lot of negatives about it, I guess. But you know, I, I kinda you you have explained it before where your ratings are kind of like where it fits within the genre sure, that sure. you're you're talking about i'm i'm always on the scale of all the movies i've seen how do i feel about it that makes a little more sense um and i i still think it's good it's it's a passing it's a very comfortable passing grade yeah seven out of ten it's not um, bad that's not an insult i rated it a full 10 percent higher than the country bears so you know that actually makes it seem lower I asked Denny the question before we started recording if he was more disappointed that I made him watch the Country Bears or more disappointed that I liked the Country Bears. It was an easy answer. I didn't have to think about it at all. It was disappointing that you liked it. That's right. 
I don't know what to think anymore. I try not to judge people for opinions, but that one confused me. I told Greg, I was like, you've had takes I didn't agree with, but none that deeply upset me. Until what would you... <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, would, would Jason Voorhees be able to fill to kill a camp full of animatronic bears i mean if you want to dive deep into the lore i don't really think there's much that can stop him if they want to make another movie (laughs) (laughs) they gotta they gotta get the band back together (laughs) now they've got to put ted back together (laughs) oh with this in mind that i do judge a movie based on its place in the genre um Mm -hmm. I gave Friday the 13th a 42 out of 50. Very good. 40 means it transcends the genre, and I would recommend that you watch it, even if you don't like the genre. As much of a homer as I am for slashers, I've only given three a higher grade than 40. And it's Friday the 13th, Halloween, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I actually, you know, to the credit of my attempt at objectivity... Friday the 13th is my favorite franchise, and I rated Texas Chainsaw and Halloween higher than it. Damn. Because they're better. But they don't but capture... they don't have better sequels. <laughs> First of all, yes. Second of all, <laughs> they don't capture... Dude, I'm telling you, man, I just saw that hockey mask as a kid, and I was like, that's my guy. I'm all mm-hmm. about whatever that guy's doing. Like, I just... There was something... Some marketing genius figured it out. Um something about that made me be like yeah i'm into it <laughs> like it's brilliant ah <laughs> oh, love the mask love it i was gonna ask you greg in the next episode <laughs> are these mask regulation size can you tell us anything about that <laughs> oh man this might have flown in the in the in the time they were probably very much um within the rules you heard it here first people Hockey expert referee Greg Johnson has said that Jason Voorhees is wearing, at the time, regulation size masks. The machete is not proper equipment, though. Well, you're supposed to use a hockey stick. <laughs> I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> but I am wearing a hockey mask. There's a big fan community that hates that they never did Jason in the snow so they because they so they could never do a hockey joke one of the most obvious jokes in the franchise oh, he's never yeah. like it's never like winter at camp crystal lake mm-hmm. <laughs> but i always encourage you guys to look up uh the never hike alone fan series on youtube it's free because they did it oh shit dude having him like bust through the ice would be cool i hope they did it in that one all right you're all right here we go here we go with what here we go with what here we go with what here we go with what? What are we going with? What are we about to do? 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 What are we? All about right, to I'm do? back, Denny. What are you doing? <laughs> I was just seamless a, edit. Fuck! God damn it! <laughs> I know Greg's going to edit uh, this out, but we—I really tried to get ahead of that seamless the episode. <laughs> the lesson of the episode is don't prank the editor. Oh shit! All right, Denny, you ready for part four? Yes, uh, we're skipping two movies chronologically, so I want to give a a, a bit of a catch-up. Timeline-wise, this is where we are, and Greg made a note that part four gives us a catch-up anyway. um, And no mustard. (laughs) And no mustard. 
Do you think they really used ketchup for all these skills? Cornstarch. Food Corn water. Corn syrup. <laughs> corn syrup. Cornstarch? Maybe cornstarch. I don't know. What do I know? What am I talking what about? What do I know? Um, I'm not a scientist. So basically, Friday the 13th Part 1 happens, and then five years later, they immediately violate their own canon when uh, it happens again, and Jason Voorhees is the killer this time. This is when we meet him. Um, the canon is that he watched his mom get killed and now he's mad but apparently he didn't she didn't know he was alive and he was like eating crawfish like stalking her for 30 years um and we find out in part nine when they violate the canon again that he's actually a deadite and she raised him from the dead with the necronomicon um but that's 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 the story for another episode um yeah the uh (laughs) creators for this probably watch the source material as well as the creators of game of thrones tv show (laughs) so part four denny well that's my thing when people bitch about uh when people bitch about like the 2009 remake is not as good as the rest i'm like this 12 movie franchise fucked up its own canon in the opening scene of part two like don't take it seriously shut up (laughs) it's not not sacred the 2009 reboot is no worse than the rest of them that's right i said it um it's at least as bad as the rest of the movies don't act like it's like some special kind of bad and it's actually it's okay um anyway in that movie jason has hair and wears a sack over his head and is a hick part three is supposed to happen the next day so we're on saturday the 14th they explain why jason had a change of clothes they do not explain why he had a shave and a haircut it's bothered me this whole franchise that he goes from this like long-haired backwoods person to completely clean shaven despite his lumpy head um and they just nothing he has no hair until the new line era of the movies and they i just it's it's literally the next day and they don't explain why there's been this major change in the main character's appearance that movie happens and part four is supposed to be the next day after that so if you're keeping track we are currently on sunday the 15th not friday the 13th part four (laughs) this is sunday the 15th ladies and gentlemen um it's called it would have been cool if they just called it that (laughs) well they called it the final chapter and they brought uh actually you know what Greg, do a synopsis before I before I get into uh, the ending. Is what I was about to do. <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, I guess there's houses by Camp Crystal Lake, uh, where a, a mom and a daughter and uh, Corey Feldman and a dog all live. And moving next door is a bunch of horny weirdos that uh, just want to drink and party. Well, they're they're on a vacation. It's like a proto Airbnb thing. They don't live Jason's there. there. <laughs> Jason is there. Um, Jason is there, uh, and also apparently there is a man who is hunting Jason. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't know yeah. what else to say about the plot <laughs> of this movie. <laughs> there's, there's not much else to say. Um, it's called the final chapter, and they got a lot of the original creators back because they the studio promised we want to put it to bed this is the last friday the 13th movie so they got people like uh like tom savini back he did the practical effects for this if you noticed again he's a horror legend um 
And then, like, they had it in the script. They wanted to end it. The people making the movie wanted to end it. They wanted to put their baby to bed and call it a day. And they had in the script that Jason, like, literally gets his head cut in half. Um, Mm -hmm. Because they were like, we want there to be no way to bring it forward. Like, it's over. Jason's dead. We're ending the series. And then, on, like, one of the, like, late game shooting weekends, the studio (laughs) called them and was like, what if a knife just went really deep into his head? And they were all like... Oh, we get the picture. <laughs> so it really was intended to be the final <laughs> chapter by the people who made it. There were eight more after it. <laughs> so we're going to rip that band-aid right off. <laughs> That's the thing about these sequels, man, is like you you do not need much to oh. leave a whole lot of room open for a sequel. Yeah. Well, and it's like I've heard... Uh, I listen to, I would recommend everybody listens to With Gorley and Rust. It's one of my favorite horror movie podcasts. They actually started out as In Voorhees We Trust with Gorley and Rust, and they did a really Mm -hmm. good breakdown of the entire Friday the 13th series, um, doing even more of a deep dive than we are. And it's something that they pointed out as like, what other franchise has gotten away with making the same movie so many times? Yeah, that's right. Like, it's not even until part eight that they, like, go to Manhattan. You know, like, they, like, literally do, like, people getting picked off in a camp in the woods seven times before they changed it up. And I didn't get tired of it. I don't know about you. I, I'm, I'm on board. No, it's fine. <laughs> I had a great time. Um, unfortunately, this is in the post-MPAA cracking down era, so a lot of Tom Savini's great kills you can only see on DVD extras, which I have. <laughs> They're great. Dude, what a what a bummer. Yeah. It really sucks. It's so... St- Freaking narcs, man. It's so stupid to me. Like, I guess, like, then it's a little more different, but, like, now when the internet is a thing, we're still doing, like, kids under 17 can't go to rated R movies... They have the internet and you don't want them to hear like the f word and see like fake blood when they've got like isis beheadings that they're watching and traumatizing themselves with dude i <laughs> like funny fun story i well not about beheadings but um when i went to see i think it was like deadpool 2 or some shit in theaters rated r movie yeah. they were checking everybody's id mm-hmm. And I've never seen a line full of more confused people than middle-aged couples presenting their IDs to a guy. Just like, are you seeing Deadpool 2? I gotta take a look at that license. (laughs) See, in contrast to the take I just stated, in Deadpool 1, I saw some really young children in the theater. And I was like, I'm not so sure about this. I don't think I don't think you should expose like children children to this but it's like at a certain point it's like dude just call it PG-13 don't act like Mm -hmm. any 13 year old isn't up to their eyeballs and whatever filth is on the internet and you're gonna tell them they can't see a movie where someone says fuck are you kidding me are you fucking kidding me they can listen to our podcast I just said fuck come on I was gonna say that (laughs) sorry I'm I'm stepping on you you can't say that we're gonna get I'm sorry. Canceled? I would like to 
provide Greg clear audio of me saying... Put it in a notes app. Frick. You can just edit that clip over every time I say a cuss word. Dude, I, if I get the time, I might be tempted to just put frick over every time. <laughs> and use it for future episodes. Uh, Denny, we're here to par- talk about part four, though. Part four, my favorite of the franchise. Yeah. It's not the best. Your favorite. It's not the best, but it's my favorite. Okay. It's like... I can accept that. To me, I'm... Is it because of Crispin Glover? Crispin Glover and Corey Feldman take it a long way. I think they're probably two of the biggest actors to appear in the series. Two of the best actors to appear in the series. They both had really memorable characters. This is where we meet Tommy Jarvis, which is essentially the Laurie Strode of the Friday the 13th franchise. He's a... He's a Jason antagonist. Well, Jason's his antagonist, I guess. And he mm-hmm. spans three movies. Nobody else makes it that long in the entire series. He's one of the only like few recurring characters who isn't Jason. Um, but also, I'm just like... You think Friday the 13th and you want the hockey mask, right? Mm-hmm. I think this is the best version of the hockey mask killer in the era when, like... So basically, we'll skip ahead a little. Part 5 kills the franchise, and Part 6, they realize what they are. And they're just, like, essentially satirizing themselves after that point. Which is great, too. But if you want a horror slasher movie with a hockey mask, this is the best one you're going to get, in my opinion. Right. I'm not a fan of Part 3. Most people are. I don't like it. Hot takes for a future episode. Hey, if you really want to get into, like, everyone's top ten Friday the 13th list, this is seriously one of my hottest takes that I don't even like Part 3 very much at all. Like, people, that's yeah. one of the hotter... And most most people will not understand that, because I'm not talking about Nomadland. That's actually one of the hottest takes I've made on this podcast, that Friday the 13th Part 3 is not very good. Damn. Yeah. I'm, not, okay. I'm not wild about it. I'm not... Attack him commenters come get me come get me come and get him come get me mother frickers he's, he's right here come on do it Woo! uh man does this movie hate overweight people or is it just that one character both they all right it's it's hollywood in the 80s you're allowed one overweight person per movie and you have to make fun of them use them wisely that's i'm saying this Better. as an overweight person by the way um but yeah, they there was not a lot of love for uh, for for plus size people in that time. In they didn't even use it wisely. It was just a girl who'd had zero lines and then just <laughs> died. Greg, you're le- you're really burying the lead here. She died while eating a banana. You <laughs> died. All right, banana eating hitchhiker didn't even get any lines before getting her neck stabbed. How rude is what my actual note said. It's seriously one of the most famous kills in the franchise for how absurd it is that they just zoom in really tight on her squeezing a banana while she's yeah. dying. <laughs> and it was also to to go with the Reagan theory, really punching down at hippies, like really, really punching down at hippies, which is punching down is not cool. That's a straw man right there, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Oh, man. (sighs) Greg, other than the banana kill, what are your general thoughts on part four? I thought it was... It's hard to talk about without also talking about part five. Yeah. Which is like... This one felt like it was kind of finding out what it is. Mm -hmm. Where it was just like... 
pretty much all the characters are just horny teens. Mm -hmm. They exist and then they die, mm -hmm. which I guess are qualities. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, there there's there's a lot more death fodder in this in this movie than the other two. Yeah, a lot. Like, uh, but they don't quite lean into. Oof, and again, spoiling part five discussion. Not as a not as annoying characters that are just like. There's not a huge variety of characters. Some are a little bit more annoying than others, yeah. but it's just like everyone here is death fodder. We're all viewed the same. Mm -hmm. Here's Jason to stab you. Yeah, and but we're not. Boy, does he? We're not rooting for Jason yet. You know, like there comes a turning point where we're rooting for Jason to kill later in the franchise, and we're not there. Oh, it's yet. the next movie for me. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. We're still supposed to fear Jason. And so it's a little bit uh, low-hanging fruit that they just, like, had a pack of annoying teens show up. And then they, like, completely separated the people we're actually supposed to care about from the people we're supposed to watch die. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which is kinda, nice. That kind of goes against our first, you know, the our talk about the first movie, where Alice is the surviving female, mm -hmm. and she's part of the group. She's part of the group of maybe not annoying teens, but just the teens doing stuff in the camp, in the woods, and she sets herself apart simply by surviving. Yep. In this movie, they live in a different house. They're part of a different group of people. Well, Mike, you've also got to know that, like, one of the few taboos left in Hollywood that I actually agree with being a taboo, because I don't think it really has a place on film, is violence towards children. Hmm. And so you see... How about violence from children? That's Sorry, go different. ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you see, well, we got that in this movie, but um, you That's see why I said it. Corey Feldman as Tommy Jarvis, and you've got to know on some level, Jason's not going to hack this child up in front of my eyes. Right. right. It kind of shows their hand. On some level, you know that you're not going to see that even in a rated R 80 slasher. It's just even like mild violence towards children very rarely happens in Hollywood, which by the, well on screen, um, not behind the scenes, unfortunately, which I want to oh. affirm. I don't think that should be on film. I really, really don't. Yeah. Unless I'm cool with this, <laughs> unless you are going to do a really fucking good job of, ha of addressing how serious violence towards children is. Don't do it in your movie. Unless you are just going to take the time and really explore it for a really good reason in really respectful ways, do not do that in your movie. And I agree with the taboo. But also, you mm -hmm. kind of on some level know, okay, Jason mutilates people. This kid's pretty safe, right? <laughs> like, this yeah. kid's probably not going to get mutilated in front of my eyes. Yeah, we don't need to buck trends yeah. for the sake of art. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can, we can have the kid keep living. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to say something in defense of Corey Feldman. Okay, because his album. Well, no, not the album. What? Okay. What I understand, and I may be wrong because I never check my facts. What I understand is he spoke out against sexual assault in Hollywood, and was blackballed, and it was before Me Too, and it was when we didn't really care that much about that as a culture. And now he's still blackballed because he's weird. And Corey Feldman's weird, don't get me wrong. 
but wouldn't you be kind of weird if you were a child actor who was sexually abused? And if there's more details, I will shut up and tweet a notes app apology. But this is my understanding of the situation. Yeah. Um, man, you, you just can't help but feel for the guy. Yeah. I mean, Hollywood people are... <laughs> they're, just, they're weird enough. Yeah. You know, famous actors are probably some of the biggest weirdos out there. And then you add, like trauma onto that i can't imagine like the mindset and yeah. what he's gone through i don't want to say a lot about it because i just i don't know much of anything about it me neither haven't ex haven't experienced that kind of trauma thankfully and um yeah hope to never see that happen yeah. to anybody that i know and i'll just i'll just say this i love his work and i've always loved his work um, I love his roles. He's in so many of my favorite movies. And the reason I felt compelled to say something was my understanding was that he spoke up before culture was ready to hear that and hasn't had a path to redemption since. That's my understanding of the situation. I might be very, very wrong. And maybe I should think before I speak or research before I speak. But that was just my understanding. And I love Corey Feldman in this movie. Talk about a good child yeah. actor. Dude, we've talked about child actors a lot on this show. He's one of the best ever. He's one of the best ever. Like, goat-tier child actor. Uh, was he... Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Was he better than Haley Joel Osment in The Country Bears? I'll let the audience decide. I think Haley Joel Osment was, like, mostly an adult by The Country Bears, wasn't he? No, no, clearly a kid. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> he was a bear. A country bears. Bears don't age. He was, he was a bear. <laughs> That's our new gimmick. We finally moved past monkeys, and now we're going to reference country bears in every episode. You think he was adopted? <laughs> Greg, why would I have made this note? Because I don't remember. Okay, let me see if I can help. Bone saw was ready. Oh, uh, in the first scene in the uh, morgue. Yes. Jason used a bone saw to cut open Axel's <laughs> neck. <laughs> the most disgusting character I've ever seen in the first satisfying death because I hate this character so Sitting much there, in the franchise. Fap into yoga vids. Fap, or not yoga, aerobics. Fap into aerobics at work. <laughs> open mouth chewing on a sandwich, sexually harassing a co-worker, and then just watching aerobic videos on... VHS? I don't know. Oh, Bone Saw was ready for that's that. That's totally why I made that note. You're totally right. And he was ready. He had him for three minutes. Three minutes of screen time. <laughs> and he was gone. What did you think about the rest of the hospital as an opening scene? Um, it was fine, I guess. Yeah, I liked it. A little uh, change of pace from Camp Crystal Lake. Break. Yeah, break from the lake. Yeah. I, I thought it was good. I think it was, you know, if you're going to have Jason get uh, resurrected, where else but the morgue? Yeah. And then you accidentally leave the cold storage door open just ajar, just a little Just a bit. little bit, Ski. Just, just enough. He's getting out. <laughs> Watch out for him. Can I share a little bit of fun trivia about that scene? Yeah, go ahead. So when he kills the nurse, and this is on the DVD extras... They had a, a pump rigged to make, like, blood run down her leg, like, to imply there was a lot of blood from her head. Mm -hmm. But the pump fucked up, 
and uh, it looked like she just pissed out a bunch of blood when she died. <laughs> <laughs> really awesome Greg do you have a uh, a Crispin Glover in Friday the 13th part 4 impression for us uh yeah but I'm gonna have to save it for later okay fine 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 I will I will I will tell you what it is though dude I loved when him. I get there I thought he was so genuine and I, I wish this was a <laughs> I wish this was a video so I could impersonate his dance <laughs> his dance is so good it's so good. He he puts on like fast rock music, and he's like, like he chose the song. He's like, hey, you want to dance? And he's, not to mention, uh, hold on, let me because I, I I wrote down what the lyrics are because it was such a uh, uh, it's uh the lyrics to the song he played while trying to get laid are no way not tonight. <laughs> not an optimistic move crispin <laughs> not a self-affirming song to play when you try to strike up some romance <laughs> dude uh that reminds me i don't know if you saw the video of um lebron james at an usher concert from a couple days ago I definitely did not where a fan just like runs up to him and his wife like from the side to like get a picture mm -hmm. and lebron just like pushes him away <laughs> as he should and it's an usher concert and usher is playing the song uh you got it bad as he's pushing this man away <laughs> that's beautiful that man had it bad he had it bad when you call hang up and call right back to lebron james <laughs> for a selfie <laughs> <laughs> oh what an idiot Oh man, um, Denny. Yes, this is like the fly, right? Where computers can just do anything. Yeah, of course, they can make masks. Movie quality. Can I type some sort of um, set of information to tell me that I'm a dead fuck? <laughs> is that would that be Excel? Is that some sort of access database that I can? plug into well greg this is the thing you could but unfortunately being a dead fuck is not and never has been a thing so if it had been a thing we have the technology to analyze whether or not you're a dead fuck but unfortunately unlike this movie's assumption being a dead fuck is not something people say <laughs> or accuse like... people of if this was mid-80s jargon, I would have heard it somewhere else. I, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll pull some of my Gen X friends, but I'm pretty sure it was not, because I've never heard it anywhere other than Friday the 13th Part 4. And we heard it a lot, man. <laughs> did we? Man, Teddy, he was just looking for a chance to call Crispin a dead fuck. Yeah, I think he had that one at the ready on his little... <laughs> yeah, yep. he, just, he was just waiting to call him that. And then... You know, in, you know, karma, cosmic justice, Teddy did not get mm -hmm. laid. He tried his best. He just spent... He, did, he's, he kissed a teddy bear. <laughs> so, I have some thoughts about Teddy. First of all, the pornography of our fathers. Of our forefathers. <laughs> the pioneers watched projector porn <laughs> as they wrote the Declaration of Independence. Teddy's a pioneer. <laughs> 
no, Teddy's entire arc is being a fuckboy and edging to grandpa porn. And he would have fucked that teddy bear oh if Jason God. had not intervened. And Jason is the true hero of this movie because we didn't have to watch a teddy bear get fucked because of him because he was definitely leading up to it. We were right there. <laughs> he was trying to get the girls to kiss the teddy. Greg, if, if, what a fucking weirdo. Have you ever been too immersed in 1920s pornography to notice your friend getting murdered 20 feet away? Uh, I would have told him where the damn corkscrew was. Um, no, I haven't. Not even if it's on the wall in my living room. Can I throw out, too, that... Was there audio in that movie? I don't think so. It didn't look like it. I mean, the projector was just going... In his ear, I guess. He was... But Let me say this. When Crispin Glover got stabbed with the corkscrew, my dog jumped but teddy didn't notice my dog jumped and she is not a dog who typically responds to things on the screen she jumped it scared her and teddy didn't fucking Aww. notice yeah 11 was really having a hard time poor big baby poor big baby she's indeed big. she's a big baby mm -hmm. man yeah but crispin glover got screwed and then he got screwed again <laughs> not like he was anticipating dude there were a lot of women getting thrown through windows off the second floor and onto the ground in one take and it just dude. looked like they really did it to me man like <laughs> i don't know how they did that other than they just fucking did it for real Dude, uh, one of my notes is everyone, including the dog, gets a slow-mo window jump, so that's fun. <laughs> well, they, th they threw that one girl onto a car, and it was one take. She clearly got thrown on a car. Clearly her or a stunt double, but it was definitely her, yeah. got thrown onto a car from high up. Yeah. And then Tommy Jarvis's older sister, she like landed hip first on the ground, man what is up with like what did they do she got up and walked right like but what was that about much, much to the relief of the directors <laughs> she, she was able to walk after that you know one, one other thing i wanted to note was like something i mentioned in the first movie was jason's ability or i guess pamela's yeah pamela's ability to wait until everyone's separated and then kill people mm -hmm. one by one without anyone noticing yeah. even when we know and the characters know which i know it was a cool thing that it took a long time and a lot of deaths for the characters to realize oh our friends are dying i thought that was cool um even when the characters do realize everybody around them is dying they're still like oh tommy Thank God you're safe. <laughs> We're going to go over here. You stay here in case mom comes back. Like, they just separate again, yeah. even though they know there's a killer. And there's a moment even, one of the... Very smart. One of the really rough moments of the movie for me is when Tommy and his older sister are, like, they lock themselves in Tommy's room and they're cowering in fear. And Jason mm -hmm. just starts, like, they literally, like, don't make a plan, don't look for weapons. They just sit there and cower and Jason's like literally chopping through the door 
and they just keep cowering. Like, they don't do anything. Yeah. They're just like, oh, oh, God. Oh, he's coming. Oh, no. Like, they don't do anything. They were really counting, they were really counting on that bookshelf to do a whole lot more yeah. than just get easily knocked over, which is what it did. Yeah, I, uh, that was one of the moments that really took the movie down a notch for me. I was like, come on, do, like... Alice was smart in part one. She, like, closes the door and ropes it shut. You know, like, she's like, yeah. is it the best plan in the world? No. Is she doing the best she can in a panicked situation and still being kind of ingenious? Yes. You know, like, mm -hmm. they just literally sat there and quivered, hoping he would go away, I guess? Like, get tired of it and give up? All right. Uh, All right well, there's got to be other kids somewhere, and he just leaves. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, this is one of the first movies where we really see Jason the showman. And it's one of the tropes I love about Jason is that he seems to love the theatrics and the presentation of the bodies. Like, he leaves them around blocking doors, doesn't just kill them and leave them, like, definitely does, like, a, a whole Cirque du Soleil of dead bodies for his victims to be terrified by, despite yeah. essentially being, like, a, like, it seems like the only thing that his brain says is kill, 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 but he also seems to, like, have a decorate, lot of forethought. Decorate, decorate, <laughs> Yes. He, he inspired a lot of the events of Midsummer. I'll yeah. say. did you think of tommy jarvis's mind games to take down jason uh dude that's that's probably the most confusing part for me yeah he's just like shaves his head okay because he saw it in a newspaper <laughs> which and then just runs down the stairs go go ahead i also want to throw out a note that like there's a really funny moment in the scene where <laughs> tommy's mom is reading the newspaper and she's reading an article that talks about, like, a mass murderer in her area yesterday and just, like, casually turns the page. Like, it's not Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, <laughs> Which, did the kids read that, too? Like, we're all cool? Crazy fast turnaround for print media, by the way. <laughs> like, oh, this yeah. happened yesterday. We've, we've got all the details already. <laughs> and a picture. And it got to your house. We had time to write about it, print it, and deliver it. And she's just... Enjoy your breakfast. She's literally just like, hmm. <laughs> but sorry, go on. He saw it in a newspaper. He's like, anyways, on to my crossword. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, Tommy just goes and... First of all, the plan was for him to run like hell. I do like that Trish was just like... Tommy, you're supposed to leave. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like getting frustrated. Like I'm doing my absolute damnedest here yeah. to get him distracted and get him the hell away from here. And you're just like cutting your hair. Yeah. Like, <laughs> please help me help you. Yeah. Internally frustrating for an older sister. Absolutely. The, the psychological warfare was a bold strategy cotton like, remember me <laughs> yeah remember me uh, i cut my hair i'm like you now you know it was i guess ah it's so weird it was totally a movie thing 
just like something that like only makes sense in a movie like no one would ever do this but it didn't make sense in this movie. but it really didn't and uh <laughs> i don't know what to say other than it worked for me okay i just uh of all the things and this is you know this is before the supernatural zombie era of jason he's still like a guy you know like he's still just like mm-hmm. a tortured guy in this um I don't know what to say other than it just I liked it and I don't know why and I just accepted it at face value even though like I knew that it was dumb mm-hmm. you know like I was like this is this is your country bears uh, don't you ever call it that <laughs> don't you put that evil on me I'm gonna keep doing it oh Greg you are not a good person and I am Denny. not pleased with you What's your favorite line from part four? Ooh, I was trying to look up the actor who played Jason because he's my favorite Jason, um, but I couldn't find him. Yeah. Um, Menacing body language. Loved it. Yeah, no, he was great. Um, Let me see. I I made a note of a few lines. (laughs) I'm going to go back to the the hospital scene. You are the Super Bowl of self-abuse, which is a very creative way to call someone a masturbator. <laughs> What's your favorite line? Uh, you were waiting for the Crispin Glover impression. Mm-hmm. So my favorite line is Ted, Ted, hey Ted, where the hell is the corkscrew? <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> yep. Um, what's your favorite kill? Uh, favorite kill might be um our three peat character just unceremoniously getting killed and murdered in the basement just saying like run he's killing me he's killing me (laughs) get out of here um that's a beautiful beautiful kill um mine is uh jason himself that's a good one it is i love the uh honestly i thought his face looked really good in the movie and i love him like the 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 animatronic puppet of him falling on the axe or on the on the knife um he's just really like letting it sink into his head and then you see Corey feldman just fucking slash him to death which is oh so good so awesome um ooh, now i want to ask you about that real quick to break up the gimmicks yeah what did you think about that um that uh that ending the cliffhanger ending of Corey feldman has become shoehorn yeah it was a little bit did you just yeah they the studio wanted a sequel so they're just like hey in the editing room let's do a part where Corey feldman's eyes are open and then put some spooky movie over that yeah that's fair sorry mission accomplished vanessa just left the dog in vanessa say something I really loved the part when Michael Myers popped out of nowhere and just killed the pumpkin really, really good. And Lori, wrong franchise? Wrong franchise. I can't believe that's not in my notes. (laughs) She does. And I did want to publicly (laughs) apologize for uh, last week's episode when I seemed like a real douchebag when Vanessa chimed in and was talking and uh, I said, that's real compelling audio, babe. I want to say for the record... 
I thought the mic wouldn't pick up Vanessa, and that's why I was saying it. Not because I didn't care about what Vanessa was saying. I thought it was just going to be me reacting to something no one could hear. Um, I love Vanessa I, and want her to be on this more. And if her mom didn't just get into town, she would be joining us for part five, actually. That is true. That is 100% true. I would be. Yeah. So, Sorry for there are a lot of douche. things to say about part five. There I've are. never there seen are. anybody more sorry than Denny was <laughs> after we stopped recording. Yeah, no. Vanessa came in and apologized to us for interrupting. And I was like, no, interrupt. It's better than what we normally do. We want to have you on the show. I just thought that the mic wouldn't pick you up. And then it did. So if you listen to our last episode, I just sound like a real asshole. And I'm, I'm just so <laughs> sorry. I would not mean to treat my wife that way. And I'm sorry for how it came across. You were so fine. <laughs> it is all good. I love you. All is and forgiven. I love you, Greg. And I love Friday the 13th. And Jason will return forever and ever. Amen. Farewell, friends. Amen. Goodbye, Vanessa. Bye. Bye, Vanessa. She's great. She just graduated. Pretty cool. Are we doing a seamless edit? Or no. Well, it's just, I'm, oh, I'm fine okay. leaving it. Are you? Yeah, I'm you fine can decide what you whatever. Want to do. Greg, what's your critical critiker score for Friday the 13th Part 4? I forgot we hadn't done that yet. Oh, shit. We're going to have to do a uh, 22 out of 40, oh, which is only shit. a 5.5 out of 10. What's your justification? I just don't feel like I was super engaged with a lot of yeah. it. I feel like it was a lot less um, interesting with the motivation, a lot less interesting with like the patterns of kills. Mm -hmm. It was just like, here's some horny weirdos. They're going to die. Yeah. Which is fun, which is why it racked up a good amount of points. Yep. But at the end of the day, I don't really see, like, there's not too much, too terribly memorable outside of Corey Feldman's performance and uh, a few of the kills. Mm -hmm. I gave it a 29 out of 50 because Damn. I would mostly agree with you. Even though this is my favorite of the franchise, I, oh, my dog's crying because Vanessa left. Um, even though this is my favorite of the franchise, I like to differentiate between things I like and things that are actually good. Um, this is uh, very much contained within the slasher world of what is good about it. I would agree with everything you said about it. And I'd also add that like some of my notes were like, man, I could really use some kills sooner to keep us going. Uh, there is not a lot of Jason in this movie. Like, do we really need to keep the monsters in the dark at this point? It's the fourth movie in the franchise. Just show us Jason. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, actually one of my notes was I was forgetting why this was my favorite of the series until the third act. And then I remembered that I just really, really, really love the third act. And that's what this is for me. Yeah. Cause they just dialogue, like basically every critique I just listed, they completely answer and absolve. Like it's all fine and it's all good. But there's a decent amount of movie getting us there, and most of it's pretty inconsequential, and a lot of it's kind of dumb. So I'm giving this a failing grade of a 29 out of 50, even though I'm a homer for it, and I like it a lot. It's just not quite a passing grade as a standalone movie, but as a nostalgic thing that I will always love and will turn to in times of boredom and distress. I love Friday the 13th Part 4. I love it. I just yeah. love it. But a good third act does not a good movie make. 
I'm talking about something that's not a seamless edit. I don't expect anything. What could happen now? <gasps> oh, what was that? What was that? <laughs> the killer is present. <gasps> same, same, same as edit. <laughs> that sucked. Seamless edit. That was one of your best ones. That didn't suck. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I have a fan. <laughs> All right, we're here to talk about Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning. Man, <laughs> look at what it was because I forgot again. Just ask me. I'm right here. I know. I wanted to seem smart and cool. I haven't committed work. to memory. Uh, just like the Motion City soundtrack album. All right, first note. More like Camp Raining Lake. Fucking hell, is it ever not storming here? <laughs> Craig, um, you're jumping I, right past the synopsis. I don't care. Uh, so, what way to end a final chapter than with a new beginning? <laughs> <laughs> what a way what to better, kill a franchise. What better way to end a story than totally start a new one? <laughs> Friday the 13th, part 5. Uh, uh, the, uh, a new beginning. I almost said a new chapter. <laughs> well, it I can't was, get this right. It was the final chapter. They, <laughs> the least they could have done was give us some conceptual symmetry. Uh, yeah, like a five part here, part A, five part part B. Yeah, culminating in a space journey. Uh, <laughs> well, if you waited long enough, you only had yeah. to wait five more parts to get the space journey. Yeah, but that's a lot more years in real time. Uh, part five, uh, we're how many years in the future? Ooh, a lot. After, after uh, part four? Or, well, further along, Tommy's all grown up. He's an adult, uh, clearly dealing with the trauma of being attacked by and eventually killing the mass murderer known as, known as Jason Voorhees. Um, yeah, it's he's having trouble comes coming to terms with it mentally and he is taken to a mental institution which is at a camp and i wanted to ask you this is this camp crystal lake did they ever say where this place is it's not camp crystal lake no it's just a place it's a place um okay why is jason at place well but he's not what just oh this is so fucking dumb all right go ahead the answer is because there were a lot of rewrites. Basically, uh, Corey Feldman wanted to return for this movie because he loved the Friday the 13th franchise. But he was doing the Goonies, so he had some bigger fish to fry. So they rewrote it for Tommy Jarvis to be older. However, Corey Feldman insisted that he return to do at least a cameo. So that's how we got our opening scene. I'm glad he did. No, it was really, really great. Um... Yeah, this is some weird uh, halfway house with no rules for people with violent Just tendencies right. in the middle of nowhere. Um, they were trying to commit to... We'll just rip the Band-Aid <laughs> off. Uh, they, were, yeah. they were trying to commit to Jason being dead. And basically, uh, in the spirit of ripping off Halloween, they wanted to take the franchise in a new direction like they did with Halloween 3. And they failed, like they did with Halloween 3. <laughs> so they continued to... <laughs> this uh, 
This killed the box office, killed the franchise. People wanted to see Jason. They didn't want to see a new beginning. Um, and that's why part six is called Jason Lives. <laughs> because He's they wanted the to be really clear that Jason Voorhees was back. Jason Voorhees. <laughs> Friday the 13th, part six, Jason's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it money was uh plays. the money was never the same they still did well you know but like uh the money was never the same this is really what killed the franchise uh on one hand i respect them for actually trying to hold true to their own story and having jason be dead but also, you know, the franchise can't uh. really exist without a Voorhees and uh you know Jason Voorhees that's a name that just works yeah tommy jarvis the masked killer <laughs> tommy jarvis it's not the same it sucks <laughs> man it's not the same and it's, it's not to say like we totally hate the movie or anything but oh just no. like i can, love this can, movie i fucking love it it it's it's going in two different directions for me like on one hand like especially compared to part four <laughs> the budget feels better spent and it like feels like it's a little more polished and we're on the right track and then over this way story's going off this way and jason's not here the story doesn't make any fucking sense like <laughs> the story is the, the drizzling shits the things are that are getting better are overshadowed by the yeah. things that are getting substantially worse so i actually i think this is probably the the movie in the franchise that i've actually watched the most and i really wish vanessa okay. was here to talk about it because we've watched it so many times together when people want to watch this franchise and like really don't have any interest first i make them watch the first one like i said and then I show them this because it's the most fun movie in the franchise. <laughs> it is, uh, oh yeah, it holds your attention. It's it's, it's so not bad, fun. boring. It's bad, like what the hell's going on? No, whatever. I, Here we go. Here's the next death. We've talked to, we've talked several times on this podcast about how we watched a movie that people say is so bad it's good, and we just think it's actually good. And we have watched several movies that are so bad it's bad. Um, I genuinely think this is our first so bad it's good movie on the franchise. Like this is such an enjoyable clusterfuck. It's yeah. so fun to watch and it is so fucking bonkers. Um I was trying to assuade Greg because he was he was rooting for part eight to win the fan poll. Mm -hmm. um and i was because like, i didn't i didn't know any better no sure and i love part eight too and i don't think we would have had a bad time watching and reviewing it but i was like just trust me you want to watch part five just just trust me on this i can't really sell it as a better concept than jason taking manhattan but trust me you want to see this movie because it is just so off the wall crazy it's just I'm glad so I listened. weird it's so weird i voted for it yeah i voted well i think i voted for part eight but i i did convince others to vote for part five thank you audience for Woo! making the right choice because i don't want to see people on a boat um <laughs> i want to see them in a nondescript camp for uh 
crazies, according to the kid that lives at the camp, who's not afraid to say it to these people's face. Yep. They're a bunch of nuts. <laughs> they like to, uh, they're so crazy that they have a wide-ranging series of mental problems, ranging from stuttering to listening to music really loud to <laughs> violent behavior to eating chocolate bars <laughs> and fucking up laundry what a bunch of psychos right yeah you know um <laughs> this is something i wanted to talk about on the note of uh of this being a movie set in a mental facility Mm-hmm. So, oh my god. I knew you I really wanted to get your opinion as a mental health professional. Okay. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you that title. I, I have a professional licensure, ladies and gentlemen. I am a licensed professional counselor in the state of Texas. If you've listened to this podcast, I refuse to see you as a client. So <laughs> <laughs> Um, what do you want Dying. my what do you want my opinions about, Greg? Um why does this facility exist and why does it continue to exist and is it supposed to be a good thing that it exists and houses these these people that we see in the movie well let me read you one of my notes hit me half a day and we've seen patients fucking in the woods in a murder how's that honor system working out for you (laughs) (laughs) yeah Tommy's not good giving getting a really good first impression. Let me tell you, brother. I forgot about the horny couple too. Oh, yeah. they were so horny. Um, I think that inpatient facilities and halfway houses and sober livings could exist in a much better capacity than they exist in the state that I live in. This is not the answer. (laughs) Where you put a bunch of people who have really struggled with functional behaviors and violent tendencies in a house together and give them no structure and no rules. (laughs) That is not the answer. Um, I wanted to... (laughs) So, basically... This franchise was was so cheap. It's why they, uh, up until Kane Hodder, they never reused a Jason because you have to pay them more to come back for a sequel. So it's a different Jason every time up until Kane Hodder in part seven. Um, They would not tell the actors they were in a Friday the 13th movie when they signed them because they wanted to pay them less. They would use, um, they would use David Bowie song titles as the titles of the movie as a code. And they would hire these no name actors and pay them nothing and then on like the first day of shooting someone would walk by in a Jason mask and they would find out that they were in the Friday the 13th movie and people were usually pretty excited about it even though they were totally getting fucked mm-hmm. um, John Shepard who was playing Tommy Jarvis in this movie yeah, researched the role by working in an inpatient psych hospital for five months only to find out he was in Friday the 13th part 5 and that was the role he was researching. Can you imagine the level of, oh, fuck, he felt after putting that much? And I think it, honestly, of all the shit I'll talk about this movie, John Shepard's performance as Tommy Jarvis I thought was really good. And I think his research showed in the role. And it was for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Poor 
poor thing. fella, man. Poor fella. He put his heart and soul into this movie. It's just a lot of overkill for this. Because you're right. He he got a great performance. Uh-huh. He, he nailed it. His research came through. And let me um, let me tell you, man, working in a psych hospital is not an easy task. That is not fun. It is hard work, usually very unsupported and difficult work with people who need much better services than the resources you are able to offer them. And can I offer a silver lining? Yes. At least you'll look really natural on the fifth installment of a slasher film <laughs> franchise. Still waiting, everyone. Still waiting for someone to make me an offer. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, John Shepard, this is not his fault. Don't you think they could have got someone who looked a little more like Corey Feldman to play the t- grown-up Tommy Jarvis? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he looked that... nothing like him. It was not clear to start. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, have a lot to, I have a lot to say about this movie. Say man. something about it, because I think we both have a lot to say about this movie. It's like, do I want to just go in on a specific thing that happened, or do I want to get, like, overarching feelings on everything? I think we're still in overarching feelings. <sighs> okay. Yeah, I talked about part four just being like, oh, all the teenagers are just horny freaking weirdos. Watch them die. This movie, the characters are much more varied and about 85% of them are the most annoying characters I've ever seen. <laughs> yep. But even even the most annoying characters will sometimes spend a whole lot less time with them. Mm-hmm. But they'll die anyways. This yep. is just like a really strange sequence of spending a few minutes with a character or a pair of characters Mm -hmm. them being super annoying whether they're this is their first scene or their fifth scene and they're going to die in this scene like (laughs) once once we've got the camp established once we've got tommy's character kind of established we start going into okay now we've met these people they're going to die okay now we're moving on to these people that you've met before now they're going to die. And we just do that in sequence until we get almost almost everybody. Would it add some clarity to this if I told you Paramount mandated a kill every eight minutes? I wish I had tracked it because that feels right. And they ran out of people to kill, so we started introducing new people just to kill them. We needed more people in the intro, so we got <laughs> italian 50s greasers with a car problem they were the best what was that they were the worst i hated them (laughs) you didn't like the rat tat tat tatooie song this movie had great songs great songs in it that was in my notes a rat tat tat tatooie come on asshole rat tat tat tatooie fucking guy can't get the car working rat tat tat it's just oh (laughs) can i ask you a question about that scene hit me in the in the in the context of Jason the Showman, which really spoiler alert everyone, this is Roy the Showman, and we'll get into that failed twist in a minute. Yeah. Oh my um, god. Yeah. Go ahead. Do you think he fixed the car for them? 
<laughs> because the car was broken. He killed the guy who couldn't fix it. And then the car was fixed. It worked finally. And then he killed the guy who wanted Do you think he fixed the car? I think he did. I like to believe he fixed the car. You know, like... You know, the best way... <laughs> The best way to fix something, sometimes you just gotta, like, give it a solid smack. You just hit it. Yeah. And I think he accidentally hit it with 160 pounds of dead person weight, smacked the engine, and it started working. How cool was it when he shoved the road flare down that guy's throat? If the head didn't look so fake, I'd say it was pretty great. But I liked it even I did, with the I love the idea of it. <laughs> Rat a tat tat to do we? I'm gonna kick your ass, you piece of shit. Rat a tat 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 to Why were they oh greasers? God. Why were they greasers? Why were they... He like almost pulled out a comb and started like, <laughs> yeah, let's go to the soda fountain. Oh man, those two characters were one of the most random things in this random ass convoluted movie in a random ass convoluted franchise, and they are like up there with all time. What the fuck was that about? <laughs> a jason x holodeck scene level of like what the hell was that but way way less fun or funny speaking of random and non sequitur ethel and junior oh I, my least favorite <laughs> my most favorite i hated them i've had a long-standing theory that the script wasn't long enough and they literally cut and pasted a couple of scenes of dialogue from a hillbilly comedy. <laughs> and that's how we got <laughs> Ethel and Junior. <laughs> Loved them. Like it felt like a decade a decades gone comedy bit about a hillbilly mom and son. Yeah. It in the middle of our psych ward slasher film. Like <laughs> they didn't fit at all they seemed like they were from a different cinematic universe just showing up and setting up shop in this movie it was weird enough that they were in scenes with other characters but <laughs> this whole this whole Dash. segment is gonna just be me laughing in the background and interjecting while you talk because this movie is let's do it man i got i got more stuff give me some more stuff greg uh this definitely had this, the um, MPAA issue you were talking about where this, the kills aren't on screen. Yep. There's like a string of deaths and they're all like cut away from. Yeah. And by the way, it's it showed up in a lot of the movies. I don't like it. Jason stabbing somebody or Pamela. People getting stabbed by someone stabbing through a thing. Through a yeah. wall, through a bed. Yeah. That's not that cool. Yeah. Look him in the eyes and stab him. And, it and let me see the stab. It really sucks. In the movie. Because you can't blame the movie for that. That's, sure that's I can. The, no, that's the MP. No, sorry. Through, the, through something, yes. Yes, there you go. The off-screen kills or the uh, divert the eyeline kills from the gore. That's the MPAA's fault. And let me tell you, they shot the kills. Okay, just trust me they shot the kills and they were cool mm -hmm. 
and also the director says that in the in the scene when they have sex in the woods which this is probably better that it's left out because it's just pure exploitative male gaze nudity um he was basically like we shot a damn porno in those woods <laughs> and the paa wouldn't let us show it and it's like well you know this isn't an nc-17 film brother but uh and his movie didn't need it yeah so. they uh very good the mpaa fuck them they were unnecessarily harsh on the friday the 13th franchise and we could have had a lot cooler things that are just confined to me watching dvd extras alone thanks for that margaret thatcher you old sack of shit if i ever go to the uk i'm gonna piss on your grave watch out england here comes denny <laughs> the movie did give us uh the greatest of all time killable in the entire franchise and his name is demon oh my god he is the man like he is the best random guy that we i was actually surprisingly invested in him for a small amount of, of screen time because he was just so damn cool yeah and then he shits himself and dies those damn enchiladas <laughs> dude if you didn't like the Ratatatatatouille song, how did you feel like two lovers singing each other "Ooh, ooh, baby, ooh, baby" while they shit? Well, <laughs> they have a love song for shitting. The shitting part sullied the moment, soiled the moment. Ah. But at least I had time to realize how endearing they were at least he just loves his brother man no demon's the man and so is his demon's girlfriend the man. can you imagine how much better you'd feel if your partner sang you love songs while you pooped uh, I don't think I'd like that very much really because I would leave me alone yeah that is as long as I don't get stabbed through the metal wall I'm straight what if you were cosplaying as Michael Jackson and eating enchiladas Ooh, different story. Because <laughs> Demon definitely was just in full Michael Jackson thriller getup, and it rocked. Like, he was so cool. If it were now, we would have called it Drip. I don't know what people called it in the 80s, but that was some Drip. I, I defer to your judgment on and what the kids say these days. Also, his butt did some Drip, and then he died. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was unexpected. Should have seen that one coming. So, this is what I want to know, Greg. As a guy who went in cold, who did you think was the killer? What, like, what's your whole Dude. thought on this whole twist? Yeah, um, I knew it was Roy. From from when? From when they're cleaning up the highway from the greasers that died. Wow. And because I accidentally read the synopsis of well, like that doesn't count. It it does count because that's I didn't I couldn't go in ice cold. It's just like the synopsis of well, like the story on the um on the app is just like somebody it was like either somebody pretending to be Jason or somebody that looks like Jason. I forget how they said it, yeah. but it was just like somebody is killing all these people. And I was just like, it's this guy. It was such an awkward scene with like the sheriff at the scene where the greasers were dead. And then Roy's just standing there like, you talking to me, sheriff? No. What? 
he's just like, okay. Like, while he's holding a dead body, and he's just like... Smiles and shuffles away <laughs> with his with his corpse. Uh, I was like, I think it might be that guy. But I, di- I didn't know why. That's a that's a bummer that you knew it was an imposter. Um, because I, I I really wanted to know someone going in Cold's thoughts because they definitely tried to basically keep you guessing of like, is Jason back? Is it Tommy? Is it somebody else? Was there ever a moment where you thought it might be Tommy? There was like a brief second where I thought the characters would think it was Tommy. I didn't know it was Roy. So I was still like, I wonder if they're going to try to make this like Tommy over here. Because like the mask is different. It was one of my notes was a new beginning or just a new mask. There we go. But like he's gone for a long time and then... Maybe they're going to try to pin it on him or say he did it or something. And then they didn't. So whatever. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Test audiences did not understand who the fuck the killer was. So that whole expositional scene where the guy approaches uh, whatever that woman's name is. I just none of these characters really had names um, in the hospital and basically lays out the whole plot of the movie. And then ends it with he's like showing him like. This guy, Roy, he abandoned his son, and I guess he went crazy because he saw his son murdered. Um, who he knew? Always, ooh. I, oh, my gosh. I got stuff to say about that part, too. Yeah. No, well, they <laughs> added it in because audience were like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> when, when they Dude, showed the face, no one got yeah, it. Yeah. I didn't get it either with that. Yeah. I was like, is that? Who is that? what's happening dude we didn't see him enough because this is a movie where we see a sea of inconsequential stupid random characters so why would we care about that one yeah exactly <laughs> right? like, like like is that a different guy that's not jason what the fuck yeah um <laughs> this doesn't make sense I, I hated that he ended up saying uh i guess he used the jason thing to cover up with <laughs> thanks for that after you explain the whole fucking movie um oh my god uh what did you have to say about that scene because you have thoughts on that scene it's like well he being his son he's always been kind of a loner he's like not getting along with his fellow paramedics and his fellow paramedics are taking the white sheet off of a dead body with a severed arm (laughs) saying whoa look at that and everyone in this mental institution is saying oh no and he's like ha bunch of pussies <laughs> <laughs> and is roy supposed to be joining in on that like ha yeah can't believe they're not thinking this is the coolest thing ever <laughs> does that does that make roy a loner i hope not because that mean, sucks honestly probably with how traumatized paramedics typically are and how little they're allowed to talk about the shit they've seen it might um i'll let paramedics comment further on that but it's a hard job where you see some fucked up shit um yeah you know it was the equivalent it was the ultimate example of uh it was the guy who served them coffee at the beginning of just like a stupid lazy twist that made no sense with the story like uh yeah a good twist is a twist that they spoiled without you realizing it. You know, like, you should look back and be like, Oh, my God, how did I not see that? They were telling yeah. me that. And this is 
not the case. It's a... Who? Roy? What the fuck is Roy? That paramedic? What? <laughs> Dude, being who? a paramedic... Being a paramedic that, like, abandons your son doesn't give you superpowers. Yes. <laughs> That's the other unbelievable part is just, like, okay, so we know who it was. Like, why was he getting slashed and stabbed and recovering pretty fine? Yeah, he got, like, stabbed in the stomach pretty good and was fine with it. Um, also, I think he's more of a sick fuck than Jason. Honestly. At least he's not a dead fuck. He's not a dead fuck, but he's a sick fuck. Jason has, like, a tragic backstory to blame. Roy fucking abandoned his kid and all of a sudden decided he loved him when he got murdered. And then he did, like, arguably more fucked up shit than Jason ever did. Yeah. Um, Roy is, like... like Roy makes Jason look kind of tame, to be honest, in my opinion. Like, he's a fucked up guy, man. Um... <laughs> On the note of him getting just, like, superpowers at the end, um, Tommy shows up, and Roy is, mm -hmm. is imposter Jason, who, by the way, he had a neck build. You've got to give it to Roy. <laughs> he, like, didn't just put a mask on. He did a prosthetic neck build as Jason. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you got to give the man his credit. Um, <laughs> he's charging at Tommy, and Tommy just goes... Jason, don't. <laughs> it was like, that was your fucking plan, Tommy? To ask him not to politely? <laughs> wait, 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 what if I say please? <laughs> to quote Dean Pelton, better have a plan B. <laughs> what the fuck was that shit, Tommy Jarvis? Your plan for confronting your demons was... Wait, please don't. <laughs> hey, stop, <laughs> dude. That sucks. I mean, it kind of worked for him when he was a little kid. It was just like, hey, remember me? I'm a little kid. Oh, if you like the "remember me" line, just watch "Never Hike Alone." <sighs> I might have to. It's really. It's thirty minutes. It's really good. It's really, really good. So, question for yes, you. Yes, lay it on me. Um, is Jason Jason's act of throwing bodies through windows <laughs> that characters just walked by a really cool party trick? Because I think it is. Yeah, you know, uh, it seems to reference uh, part two where he jumps through a window. It's like the big climactic scare. Um, mm -hmm. they got really into windows also uh, so did the entire Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise it's crazy how many people get thrown through windows in there um, they just discovered glass that breaks easily yeah, it's <laughs> in like every damn movie <laughs> but yeah it's Jason's favorite party trick we know he's a showman he loves to do that uh, yeah that's, that's, uh, that's Jason's favorite thing to do without a doubt other than murder people, he likes to throw them through windows first, make him make him fear him. You know, I want to like talk about more of the other characters, but there's just so many. Yeah, um, my favorite character in this movie is Vi. Um, she is. Uh, yep. She is the what? What hot American summer would title the Cure Girl? Um, 
I, I first of all loved that uh, I first like without a doubt loved her doing the robot like that's the best yeah. robot ever done ever she's so good at it um, I loved that after one of the only sincere moments in the whole movie where the dude who uh, is stuttering a lot makes shoots a shot with the girl he has a crush on and she Robin, just yeah. she just la- Robin's her name she just laughs and it actually is just like oh man what a what a horrible moment for both of them you know like that he mm-hmm. very poorly verbally asked for sex with a girl he has feelings for and she's so uncomfortable that all she could think to do is laugh and she feels bad about how she made him feel but also like what else are you but like she was just watching a movie you know like and she got proposition for sex and then you have this like just funky bass line playing from violet's room (laughs) right (laughs) after that really like actually emotional moment one of the only moments that actually landed with me in the movie and it's just like and she like robin's like crying in the hallway it's so awesome (laughs) it's a stupid stupid line um Vanessa, who could not be here with us because she's seeing her mom right now, actually had a note that she wished Violet lived or Vi lived through the. I'm assuming it's short for Violet. They called her Vi. Sure. She probably. wished that Vi lived through the whole movie because she was just listening to music too loud the whole time, and nothing bad happened to her, <laughs> and she never noticed anything. <laughs> and I second that wish. That, that would have made the so movie a cool lot better if she just like stood in her room alone and did the robot and missed everything, and was just like, well, "What the fuck happened here?" It's like, hello. All the windows are broken, and there's dead bodies in there. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh, man. You know what's funny, man, is... I want to get back on Roy for a sec. Okay. I just forgot about this. Um, he killed everybody except for the guy that killed his son. Right? Well, shit. The guy, the guy that's chopping wood that killed Joey. He didn't kill him. That guy just went to prison. Son of a fucking bitch. I didn't even think about this. I've seen this so, so he, many times. He just... Like, he goes to jail, and Roy kills everybody but him. (laughs) That makes this movie even worse. What was the point of all this? Craig, we don't ask what's the point in Friday the 13th Part 5. No. What was the point of this, though? Um, Why this? I think that, honestly, Greg, I think you have already thought about it more than the filmmakers did. Um, And... (laughs) I think that guy was there just to be a red herring of who could be the killer. And it didn't work because we all forgot about him because we never saw him again. And I think he was just meant to be the guy who served the coffee at the beginning. And it was someone even worse than him. And I don't think they thought about how he would probably be Roy's number one target. (laughs) probably should have been his number one target oh man (laughs) i've only got a couple more things on this one sam sam cool uh with all the cutaways from the actual violence i gotta say the most engaging violence was tommy's fight stunts and fight choreography those were good it was 
really good. He had a hell of Which, a fireman's carry. He just wham through a table. Oh, uh, that was wrestling. That was pro wrestling. You felt the impact of that. Yeah, it was good. Not TNA impact of that. Damn, and then whoa, deep cut from Greg. Damn, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Thanks, man. Um, is Tommy real? Is this really the origin story of Tommy the Green Ranger? <laughs> He had some violent tendencies. He was a troubled soul. I'll give him that. Yeah, he went from putting on the mask to uh, putting on a full green power suit and playing the um, flute. That's a sword. (laughs) So there's some parallels. Um, I'm disappointed that we've gotten this far and not talked about the awesomeness of Reggie the Reckless. Reggie the Reckless. Great is child awesome. actor. Great, I was about to say, great actor. Not a bad character mm-hmm. at all. And he gave us our it, first Deus Ex Tractorna. He just <laughs> randomly knows how to drive a tractor through a barn. I love it, man. Uh, I love him and his grandpa. Like yep. after um, Victor kills Joey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the grandpa says like they're setting all the table placements for breakfast mm-hmm. and then the grandpa says haha i don't think victor and joey are joining us for breakfast this morning Jesus. and then sensitive motherfucker reggie says or any morning and then grandpa's like reggie <laughs> like that's too much yeah like what he said wasn't way more out of line <laughs> yeah I, I really wish we got more of Reggie. Um, he never comes back in the franchise. This is his one shining moment, oh. and he was uh, one of the best parts of the movie, without a doubt. I loved him. Yeah. Fun kid. Kit was... Oh, he was... <laughs> I think he could have, on his own devices, if he didn't have to care about any other characters, gotten away from Jason. Yeah. That kid was booking it through the woods. <laughs> <laughs> He would have made it. Like, Soul survivor. This kid, this kid runs stupid fast. <laughs> and he can drive a tractor. And he can drive a tractor. He can hold his own. I'm happy for him. And he likes to scare people. If it came down to psychological warfare, he might have done better than Tommy. Yeah, him and Tommy team up with the uh, rubber, professionally done rubber mask that Tommy makes that never come into play in two movies that they're... <laughs> They're in. Man, I've always just felt like that was shit that Tom Savini had sitting around that he made for fun that he wanted to put in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's really like, seems these like were my, it. my early concept for what Jason really looked like. Yeah. I, I I had in my notes before I was done with this movie, like, I'm waiting for a deus ex maskina, <laughs> and then it never came. I was like, you've done the mask creation thing in two movies. Oh, you brought it up. And what a, never paid what off. a joke you could have made. The movie robbed me. Ugh. And also, like, Roy made a better prosthetic than him. <laughs> More believable <laughs> fucking Roy beat him at his own game. That was what was really haunting. That's great. Um, what did you think about these closing scenes? The dream sequence with Tawny, Ta- or Tawny, Tommy, and then uh, the final moments of teasing Tommy as the new Jason. 
Hated it. Yeah? Fucking dumb. I don't get it. <laughs> well, shit, I love them. Fuck you. <laughs> I thought... Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. What'd you hate about them? I don't know. It's just forced. It's just like... The setting up of the sequel can be... Like like I said, like you don't need to do much to set up a sequel. But now we're like... In the last couple minutes, we're thrown in twists and turns. Where did he get the blue mask? It was like in his hospital drawer. Like, did he pick that up off Roy's body and take it to the hospital with him? He likes masks. I'm confused. Dream sequence, I guess, was like Jason, like the spirit of Jason, like entering his body. That's how I kind of interpreted that yeah. part. How cool did but, Jason look in that sequence, though? With like the blood caked behind the mask. That was really fucking cool. Really cool. With like the gash in the head. Yeah, yeah visually cool and then like tommy you can see his eyes behind the mask looked cool mm -hmm. i hated it because it didn't make any sense well sure and that's fine and it's true um i thought it was a cool way to end the movie um i don't think it was a cool direction for the franchise but it was a cool right. way to end the movie thankfully they just completely retconned it and it was never acknowledged again and you'll be happy to know that part six oh. opens with the exact same scene that part five opened with, except it's not a dream. And Tommy just tries to uh, kill Jason for all and digs up his grave and then accidentally gets him struck by lightning and reanimates Jason's zombie corpse. <laughs> so that's, that's, right. that's thank, if you hated this, don't worry because it's never acknowledged. <laughs> it does not I, exist in the rest of the series. <laughs> I do appreciate that very much. Um, I, I thought it was cool. I don't think I needed to see a part six where Tommy is the killer, but I did think it no. was a cool way to end part five. I did like it. Well, they also introed this one with Jason getting dug up from a grave. Like, at some point, you just gotta bury him deeper, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he was six inches under. It was really lazy. So, could I throw out when I said ki 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 ma 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 would, play, would pay off? Yeah, go ahead. At the end of this movie, when Tommy puts on the mask, you actually can hear this one. They say, k k k ta 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 for kill, 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 kill Tommy, 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 Tommy. Yes. You cool. actually can hear that one. It was a nice little touch. I've never heard Ma 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 as many times as I've tried to hear it and listen to Harry Manfredini. Mm -hmm. I do not hear it. I can hear ta-ta-ta really clearly. They definitely Very cool. paid a nod to that. Well, yeah, like that that segment, isolated, pretty cool. Some cool details. I'm, I'm glad they, they, finally, they finally acknowledged what it was supposed to be and changed it accordingly. Yeah, they, uh, they really bailed on this whole <laughs> world building that they did for this. That's what's great about this franchise, though. It's just like, hey, we don't really like what we did over here. You want to just scrap it in the next one? Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, in part uh, part 9 and in Jason X, they do not even bother to explain how Jason recovered from his death at the end of the last movie. <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> like, it's over, man. Like, no, he's just in this movie now. <laughs> they don't even explain it. Um, and that's why I've said, like, dude, this is my favorite franchise ever. I love every single movie in it. Do not take it seriously. 
they yeah. don't take themselves seriously you're a fucking idiot if you're taking something seriously that the filmmakers did not take seriously just chill yeah. out and have some fucking fun they're fun that that <laughs> message reigns true for fans of another franchise that had to suffer through similar things star wars um <laughs> i don't think i can say the same thing about that the filmmakers there, definitely pretended to take themselves seriously they uh they did not have a plan they said like oh, i don't like what happened in the previous movie so we'll just scrap it <laughs> and then we had the most recent three movies there you go well, that's my comparison we're done with star wars talk we don't do star wars <laughs> we don't do star wars but Every once in a while, we'll give it a cool 20 seconds. I mean, you can't talk about movies in America without talking about Star Wars. Like, it's that influential. Yeah. The good and the bad. Right? Like, you have to acknowledge that these movies exist. Both for the Sadly, good parts of do. Star Wars and the horrible parts of Star Wars. And the re- I'm just saying you don't have to revolve your life around it. Please. Well, yeah, and that's why I don't like to tell people that I actually like some Star Wars movies... Because if you tell anyone you like Star Wars, they will think that that is the only thing about you and that your main interest in the world is Star Wars. And I'm like, I like some of them. And I think they're good. And I appreciate their place in history. And I also think a lot of them really fucking blow. And I just, (laughs) I don't have, like, and as far as, like, covering them on our podcast, what the fuck do you think me and Greg are going to say that hasn't already been said? Like, what is what is there to say about star wars yeah you could do like any youtube search and spend hours in a hole and get a lot more information that we're going to provide especially because we don't care get on reddit if you want to argue about the last jedi they're still doing it we're over it we moved on there's we've moved on we're arguing about the country bears because we're mature (laughs) (laughs) we're we're more (laughs) refined highbrow artists we talk about the country bears all right my last note on this movie is that uh chekhov's cheap shitty pocket knife sure didn't pay off (laughs) a lot of planning for not much use yep i'll give him that yep (laughs) that's a great note to end on greg that's a really great note to end on what's uh what's your favorite line greg uh my favorite line is from my second least favorite pair of characters the greasers where one of them walks into the woods and says he's gonna crap and the other one says crap my ass that one was in the running for me um crap my ass yeah (laughs) so on facebook zach lucial paul posted that this was the best line in the history of cinema and I watched this movie to see if something topped it, and it didn't. Mine is going to go with what Zach Lucio Paul told me, which is, mm-hmm. You big dildo, eat your fucking slop! <laughs> <laughs> he was right all along. Um, he was right. We should have listened. I'm glad you did. Greg. Oh, that rules. What's your favorite kill? I don't know, man. I've had all this time to think about it. Give me yours. Give me yours. Mine is uh, after the sex scene when Jason twists the belt and kills the guy. Like, by like, that was like, that was something in this shitty movie, which is, this movie is shitty. Um, It stood out as like a really cool, creative, and like 
gruesome moment where I think for all the things that the MPAA cut, that worked because you had to use your imagination and using your imagination was probably worse than actually seeing it. I loved the belt twist kill. And I have my uh, my NECA Roy the Imposter Jason action figure. I have a lot of his accessories in a box, but I have him holding the belt on my shelf right now because it's nice. my favorite kill in the movie. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I might have to go with uh, Jason, just kidding, Roy, falling on the spiky farm equipment. Because it reminds me of the spike pits in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. That was a note I had. What the fuck? What farming is done with a spike bed? Um, <laughs> Where the fuck did that come from? Wheat, wheat stabbing. I don't know. <laughs> Jason needs to stay away from barns. He got killed in a barn two movies in a row. That's uh, right. Or well, and two. Well, if, in part three and part five, so not in a row. If the tractor had actually killed him, I think that would have been my favorite kill, like by a landslide. Reggie deserved it. Reggie deserved Fuck it. Fuck Tommy and his troubled soul shit. Reggie knew who he was this whole movie and deserved a moment to shine. That's right. Reggie never <laughs> faltered ever. He knew exactly <laughs> who he was and what he was about, and that should be rewarded with killing the villain. Ah. <sighs> Denny, what's your Critiker score here? My Critiker score is a 27 out of 50. Um, wow. I cannot call this a good movie in any way, but personality goes a long way, to quote Jules in Pulp Fiction. And this movie has personality. I love this movie. I have watched it so many times. I think it is so unbelievably fun, and that redeems a lot of how shitty it is still definitely a failing grade like not yes. not even close to being a good or great movie but uh hey 30 is a passing this gets a 27 off pure charm alone well i wish i felt the same way <laughs> it had more personality but that personality about 80 percent of the time annoyed the hell out of me so it gets a 15 out of 40 which is a 3.75 out of 10 hey, different strokes brother but for the record what did you give country bears do we have to talk about it what did uh 25 out of 40 you rated the country bears 10 points higher than this movie I sure did. This movie annoyed you more than the country bears. Yep. Yep. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to our podcast. This is our last episode. Welcome it's been a wild episode. ride. <laughs> it's been a wild ride with us two. This movie annoyed Speaking you of... more than the motherfucking country bears. Speaking of wild rides, I bet you can't wait for the country bears. I love the ride. It's an attraction. Learn about Disney, you idiot. Fuck. <laughs> Oh man, Greg just Sing. punched me in the dick on the air. <laughs> you're gonna get on my, <laughs> you're gonna get on my case about my ratings and then not use proper hypocrite. Disney nomenclature. Can, can I tell a, a really quick story? Sure. In like, what am I gonna say? No. In the Go mid two thousands, my brother and I were in line for uh, at Disney's California Adventure right after it opened, the Soarin' Over California ride. Mm-hmm. There was no internet. We didn't know what we were waiting in line for. My brother asked one of the, the cast members at the park, um, what kind of ride is this? And the cast member said, well, we don't have rides in Disneyland. We only have attractions and adventures. And we were both like 12, and we were like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. 
<laughs> just like tell us about this ride for the love of god like just get fucking with it like what is this shit we're like 12 years old we're like what a actually young man <laughs> what a loser i hope he got fired i don't he was I he do. was trying to commit to the to the bit i respect it nah that's dumb greg what's the best movie for when it's friday the 13th uh ooh, good question i'm gonna go ahead and say the original mm. that's a very fair choice because it is absolutely the best movie we talked about today mm -hmm. i am gonna continue to be a homer with my own picks and say part four because when you think friday the 13th you think hockey mask and even though i graded part one way higher because it's an objectively better movie I think if you want to watch one Friday the 13th movie, I would tell you to watch part four. Because you, you want to see Jason in the mask. And that's really... I think that is the best unironic iteration of, iteration of Hockey Mask Jason. Is part four. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Good argument. Thanks. Yeah, for sure. It's, I, uh, I agree with you too. Like I, My ratings clearly show I think your choice is a better movie. Yeah, if you're settling in to celebrate Friday the 13th by watching one of these movies, I think actually I would have to go with your point and say four. Unless you wanted like a little more campy fun, maybe one of the other movies that we didn't get to today, but for today. But the best it's movie four. we watched is part one. Like that's We'll no talk question. about Jason X in May of next year. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Is that a teaser? Well, can we even? Because right. it's not even a Friday the 13th movie, it's called Jason X. Uh, whatever we know what it is did you know that new line got the rights to the character but not the title oh wow and that's why their movies are called jason goes to hell the final friday jason x and freddy versus jason of course i love i love these things man <laughs> it's so fucking stupid that they didn't get the title so they had to call it's them like that shit. Dumb, dumb little copyright technicalities are just the, the coolest. IP laws are the dumbest shit. <laughs> like, I, there's there's bigger fish to fry, and I get that, and like how we make the world a more just world. But this is on the docket. IP laws are fucking stupid. That's right. All right, Denny. This episode's longer than the Dark Knight. So, what's next week's episode? Did we decide uh, movies for for when you want music but don't want to watch a musical? Are we officially committing to it? Yeah, I would say so. What's your pick, Greg? Uh, my pick is Whiplash. Ooh. I've been wanting to talk about this movie for a while. It's in my top five favorite movies ever, and this is the perfect episode for it. For a change of pace, I'm going to pick that thing you do ah good tom hanks yeah classic yeah yeah very good uh what are we gonna have like audience comments on facebook and i like i like best comment um yeah, yeah best comment gets to pick the the third movie as long as if it's on want... theme don't don't do that thing don't do that thing you do um don't pick something stupid i would suggest something along the lines Country of what fuck we oh no you it's a musical well, there's a diegetic musical number. So, yeah, it's a musical. Okay. Um, okay. I would suggest something along the lines of Almost Famous. I think you could make a case for Wayne's World. Um, but just don't just don't don't do something stupid and make the best comment. And We can always ignore it. Yeah, we'll just That's ignore you. We're in charge. Yeah, we're in Not charge. Not you. 
We're actually we're your boss. We're gonna judge the best comment not by likes, but which one we thought was best. That's <laughs> just, that's just what I making that edict. <laughs> if you want to leave the best comment, please find us on Facebook at Movies for Win. Just search for that, and also find us on Twitter at Movies for Win. Uh, we'll have polls for future episodes and movie selections for stuff like this, and you'll know always know what episode we're doing next. It rules. This is the happiest I've ever been at the end of an episode because we usually watch at least one movie I hate and it's usually last and I usually end in a bad mood. I'm on cloud nine right now. I love these movies. Hell yeah, man. Uh, while you're all the way up there on cloud nine, do you want to hit us with a catchphrase? Boy, do I. For Greg Work, the legwork Johnson, I'm Denny the Talent Taylor. And this has been Movies for When? We already told you when. Oh my god, Alice Cooper! He's back! He's the man behind the mask. And he's out of control. He's back! I liked it better he's when it was Alien Ant Farm. I want you to be free! Over.